Welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 58. John, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic, man. We've got uh, the open air right here to my right. It's 420. My (laughs) wife is off work for the weekend already. So, I mean, oh, I'll also tell you, uh, happy 420 to me also, because I just got the full DVD set of HBO's Tales from the Crypt. Do you remember that from back in the day? Uh Awesome series. Because of registration reasons, you can't really find it. So, or I'm sorry, copyright reasons. They're hard to find. You can't really find them online. I think you can find them like on Pluto or something, but past that, you won't really find them in full. So, uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. <laughs> doing good. Uh, I used to watch like Tales of Crypt actually when I was like little, even though I probably shouldn't have been at that age. <laughs> Dude, that was my shit. Like everybody who was anybody actor wise, director wise was come on that show to do something. So it was one of my first real scary experiences, like scary movie slash scary show experiences was that show. Oh, yeah. Cool. See, I don't remember too much of it, but. Old. <laughs> and tonight we are covering GCW's I Can can't feel my face from pops nightclub in sage illinois illinois i always say illinois illinois yeah. and illy yeah. <laughs> and where would you like to start on here i know we got a couple things to start before we get into the action yeah um the people who listen to our show are hardcore so a lot of the hardcore people are also patreon people y'all are not alone i'm not really getting hardly any merchandise and i'm at the game changer level 75 dollars. now again this is just me speaking because i don't want to drag b into anything unless he wants to say it and i'm not speaking for like the whole podcast but i'm not getting anything like i'm not getting the uh what was it what's what's the podcast some of the podcasts alone we're getting like one a month yeah we're not getting like the right history now. of gcw podcasts which i really love they even started a little bit like the handshakes and hot dogs where they talked about a couple old school uh, indie cards that they went and back and reviewed. And that, those were pretty fun when they started off. And um, yeah, those are the big ones. I really, I really miss the history of GCW show. Cause obviously I'm a, like a big historian, not big historian of GCW, but I liked all the, hearing all the behind the scenes stuff and hearing all the cool stories and hearing kind of like the backstories of some of these matches. I never knew kind of how they came about, or they even had a story as we've kind of talked about in CZW that gets continued on and gcw as well so uh that's what i really wish they would kind of bring back and hell i would even like to even cover that one on their patreon just because i like going back and watching the old shows and talking about the good old days of gcw and uh, a lot of the fun stuff they used to have back then and i'm the same way i haven't gotten any uh merch lately or or uh, postcards or anything so uh the really the only thing anything the only thing really good about it obviously is getting the first dibs of uh tickets but that's not even for every single show as of late it's like for only for like really the big shows or places that they know it's gonna have a pretty big turnout and that's been beneficial for myself but i feel the same way i've kind of like just a little disappointed on the patreon end and it seems like it's only gotten worse over the last few months i haven't gotten a shirt since i don't december maybe <laughs> like dude i haven't seen a postcard either in a long time yeah i think the last postcard uh, there's no date on it but was from Cole Radrick, and that was like an evil, uh, from the Evil Deed show like two years ago in, in Detroit. So yeah, those are kind I of cool. I got all my postcards six months ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I I don't have my steel MDK card. Never got it. I've been with uh, 
Well, let's see. Our show has been running you and I eight months, probably, if not a little more, give or take. June, yeah. Not a not a damn thing. I haven't gotten a damn thing. Um, yeah, the monthly package. I couldn't tell you the last time I got a monthly package. Um, yeah, the, the World of Deathmatch newsletter. Oh, that podcast Nothing. too. No longer there. Like that's Done. another. That used to be a pretty bi-weekly podcast, if not weekly. We used to get that from Alex Cologne and uh, Stephen A. The official podcast of GCW, the one with Brett Lauderdale. We maybe get once a month. I mean, that sounds about right, right? Yeah. Once, maybe that, two weeks, three weeks. Or that they don't go over all the mailbags. There'd be like four or five different mailbags, and they don't go over it. And then you have to ask the question again. And then they kind of get mad that we asked the same question. It's like, hold on, we asked it three other times and didn't get answered. So I, I, I feel that that problem as well. I think I texted you when I was listening to their last podcast. It's like, dude, yeah. they didn't answer a lot of these questions. Like, I try to write one at least every every time because I as a GCW fan, I always have lots of questions. So I'm always yeah. out there trying to get some sort of answers and stuff like that. And it is, has been frustrating as of late. I'm, I, we're not the only ones, obviously other people on Patreon even said stuff. So, uh, hopefully no, they I'm do. talking to, we're, we're all like, this is all family basically on our show. Cause I'm telling you, man, I'm guessing 80, 60 to 80% easy of our listeners are probably Patreon members. Yeah. And if not, they're a friend of a Patreon member for sure. Like they're all definitely having, they have to be having the same problems. Yeah. So, I mean, I had to bring up a little bit of it. Like we're getting the pre-sale passwords. Um, we're getting some behind the scenes photos and videos. We're getting, I got followed on Twitter. I don't have an Instagram, so I can't say anything about that. You, you finally got your follow oh, yeah. not too long ago, right? Yeah. I, I just um, forgot. I just started Instagram. I got to reach out to them for the Instagram follow as well. So then um, we do get the shout out. So if we ask a question, they'll, you know, say hi, answer our question. But yeah, the postcards are gone. All that stuff is gone. Yeah. World of Deathmatch is gone. The GCW event vlogs from TJ. Uh, we haven't seen those in so long that I've been a member almost a year. I don't know who the fuck TJ is. I'm not going to lie. I think TJ I was no like idea. their old, like behind the scenes cameraman, kind of like how John Carlo kind of was for a little bit. I think TJ was like that at the beginning when they first started, uh, whole patreon experience with gcw so that's what i'm saying like we're getting a bi-weekly podcast once a month we're getting access to passwords for the uh gcw events we're getting some photos and videos some shout outs so we're missing empty k cards merch drops postcards world of deathmatch podcast gcw event vlogs from tj the history of gcw podcast any heads up on new merch that's supposed to be all not just once or twice but you know we're we're not getting a lot for what we're paying for and we need to talk about it um because it would be bs if not it's become a big thing online and it's become a thing now to where it was spilling over over in patreon directly and i'm now with it i have spent 75 dollars a month for a front row seat and i'm not getting a show or we can put it like a mcdonald's meal because i'm fat as shit I paid for a meal and y'all gave me napkins. Now that's just me talking. I don't want to throw anybody under, but please DM me. I'd like to get a DM from anyone anyway, in regards to this. I went ahead and DM someone funny thing six weeks ago. I finally got someone to get a hold of me and tell me something's in the mail two weeks ago. It's been two weeks. I got nothing. Those are facts. I'm not like making anything up. I'm not even giving you my opinion. My opinion is that sucks. If someone, especially as a small company is handing me $75 a month and I'm not delivering all my promises. I would feel like shit. Quote me. Maybe Just we should, saying. we should have all the fans out there start a, 
start tagging GCW and tell on the Patreon to add us to their to their podcast list, and then we'd have some more content on uh, the GCW Patreon. But then we'd be behind the payroll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just telling honestly. I'm just saying honestly what's going on here. Like seventy five dollars is a lot of money, and I'm not getting my money's worth. I, There's no one that can argue that. Yeah, like I said before, and I no. told you too. Like I would, I wouldn't even mind starting to do like a even a weekly or monthly hop on and do the history of GCW and talk about some good shows. Cause there's a lot of stuff out there. Obviously, like you said, we're getting one podcast a week and we're putting out all this content. Oh, no, we're getting one a month. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, they're, sorry, they're yeah, one a month. One yeah. A month. That's what I meant to say. Uh, yeah, we should, uh, Dude, if we put out one a week, that's a bad week. Everybody start tagging us and uh, send it to Brett and we'll, we'll hop on their Patreon, start putting out some Patreon content. Well, after my Patreon opinion, it might take a couple. Minutes, I know, right? But, but it's no, That's a, but it's dead honest. And I'll be honest with you: if somebody paid my business seventy-five dollars a month, I did not deliver the goods, and they finally cornered me and said, "Hey, where where is what I paid for?" I would not feel too great about it, and I would address it. Those are front row seats, seventy-five dollars a month. Yeah, so that's what they're like. Where's the, my shit? That's what the one person I know on Patreon was saying. Like they asked these questions about the what's going on with Patreon and all this stuff. And they kind of flat out ignored it on their podcast. <laughs> like, even though that's it, it was in one of the mailbags, I know I saw it. And like I said, they put out three or four. So uh, maybe they just forgot to answer. So we're not the getting ones. our shit. And then someone asks and they get ignored. Yeah. I directly DM them and I still haven't seen shit for weeks. Yeah. And then like, as, as I was saying, as that was being said on the Patreon, then they said like, okay, we'll get our shirts. But then like, if you're, Fat ass, fat ass size like my size. Like, oh no, you gotta wait an extra yep. week or two. It's like, okay, wait even longer. I get that too. My one shirt or two shirts, whatever. Yeah, by the time it gets here, they'll owe me another package. We're and back. already three or four oh, months in yeah. arrears. They're at Easily. Least, yeah, exactly. And I, that's yeah, gonna be so, pretty uh, rough to catch up to too. Yeah, seventy five dollars times let's just say four months. That's three hundred dollars worth of shit that one person just say isn't getting. And there's two hundred and fifty five members down from five hundred. And I don't know how many of them are game changers, but oh, yeah, I mean, really, man, someone has to fucking talk about it. So I guess we are just for a little bit because someone has to fucking say something, man. Someone's ripping me off and I don't like that shit. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like that's the, I know, I know it's really rough, but no, like, we, well, like we kind of said too, and I don't want to bring this up like really too much, but uh, like how Brett kind of talked on the podcast, they wanted, like, I asked a question on LA Fights and pretty much is because that was a company that was going on for a couple shows and then just, just totally disappeared. Nothing is said on it. And uh, he finally actually went into depth and kind of said like, hey, the reason LA Fights has, hasn't happened is back then I didn't have kids. Now I got two kids and a dog and stuff. It's like, yeah, I get yeah. he's busy and all this stuff. But like you said, we're still paying our month the fee and it's not like we're getting we're got we're not going to get backtracked four months of stuff and at one time so like even though they're playing catch up they're going to be playing catch up for a while it's just i i know he does a lot of almost everything hands-on if he's hands-on everything i don't think he delegates a lot of stuff at all i don't i don't know that bigness how the background goes but like we've seen a whole other side promotion fall off now we've seen kind of patreon fall off it's like I don't know. I just think they're falling the fuck off. Yeah. And I, I'm agree with that. I just wish like, Hey, just let the Patreon members know, or at least try to try to find some way to make up for it. Not just send us the shirts and stuff, but like, cause they're still going to be backlog. I just really wish there was a way to, uh, there's a, a way to make it up for it. Cause like they, they used to be really good of making it up where if they did fall behind a month or two, we got like a month or two worth of stuff within two weeks. So, but that hasn't been happening of late. I just wish, uh, 
something kind of would someone would kind of step in or Brett would kind of take some more help and delegate some of the stuff because I agree with you. Like I, I try to look at the positive. At least we get the tickets, but yeah, 75 bucks a month and we're getting one podcast and a couple pictures of a tor- like what happens behind the scenes. It's everything else that's on that game changer tier. As you said, all those podcasts behind the scenes and everything else we're not getting in it. It has been frustrating. Like what set kind of made me a little upset was how he just ignored the people complaining about it on the podcast and ignored him again. And that kind of left a little sour taste in my mouth, but uh, hopefully uh, I got one for you. I got one for you. Couple weeks ago, before they were getting ready to announce the European tour, they went on Twitter and said, "Anybody who wants exclusive news, getting ready to come out, go to Instagram." Oh yeah, it was Instagram. What the fuck? I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, I don't. No, I forget I don't. everything if else. I totally brother, forgot about that. My blood brother fucked me for seventy-five dollars a month. I don't know how many times I would do that. <laughs> right. I know it sounds bad, but let's be honest. That's seventy-five dollars. That's that's a lot of money. And we haven't got a lot of the they used to do like Facebook sales too. We haven't gotten that. I haven't gotten that in since at least a year ago. If not longer, they'd have like the event posters and all that stuff kind of on sale. They give them like for uh, on Facebook, you could sign up or even on Patreon, you could sign up and like do it on Patreon if you didn't have Facebook live too. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully we start getting our money for for the price of some merch maybe you when you come to our town or la maybe give us a fucking ticket or say hi let us in half an hour early be fucking nice because even the guys now who are doing a podcast for your show they're getting pissed like this sucks so at some point something does have to be done and i'll make sure it all comes out of my mouth so that you can say your own thing because i don't want it to but um you know we're doing all this for free we're running three hour shows on average Feel free to give us a call because we could easily throw content on the fucking Patreon page. It wouldn't be that bad. We could, we could just release it there a week show. early. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And also on top of that, we can easily be at the West Coast Hub at all fucking times out here in L.A. Yeah. But like, what happens? Yeah. we. I mean, we're not getting retweets sometimes. There's yeah. a lot of thanklessness. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like Patreon paying members. And I'm just telling you, man, if I had a small business and someone devoted three hours per episode, one, two episodes, sometimes we've done three episodes a week, I'd be like getting a hold of them and at least saying, hey, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, that one thing, I'm going to say the one thanks he kind of, other than the person he did, but like that one on that, when they mentioned our podcast, it's like, that was like so cool. Like awesome. Like, hey, great. We can, like, we finally get recognized and stuff like that. Not that, that's why we're doing it. But what's nice, as you said, some people that were covering nonstop and as you said, weekly and for free, uh, was kind of nice getting that same kind of a uh, shout out on there. But like a little bit more would be a uh, not shout out just in general, but just get us like what we're paying for, as you said, on Patreon would yeah, be uh, yeah. nice and, in general. And then on the podcast, you know, side, hey, fucking get a hold of us. We're approaching a year. We're fucking killing it. I'm not seeing anyone out there that's going as in, as in depth as we are. I don't see as many people who are doing this as often as we are. So, you know, we're also fans. Literally get a hold of us because we see a giant hole in that department. There is no public marketing that we're seeing whatsoever. So we're out there literally pumping out per episode for us. What, eight to ten hours I've said sometimes for us to prep? Yeah. Times times two a week. This is the part-time show. This is a part-time gig for us. 
that and uh i know like they they talked about before like kind of having a website to make <laughs> finding the shows easier and stuff like that like i even reached out with my wife like because we we created the gcw plant podcast uh website not really for the podcast but to make it easier just really for us to start seeing when yeah, the events would the happen and stuff and then like we saw someone else like start questioning so we're like hey why not just create our own thing for the podcast but while still promote like the links to all their, their their shows are on our podcast there's uh as soon as they get announced my wife updates it like pretty pretty much right away as soon as it's on there and uh like we could obviously help out the patreon with content as you said on our end but also like a little website to kind of help out with uh organizing the shows and finding a little bit better calendar of upcoming gcw shows because that's also been a kind of a little pain if they don't update their pictures like that one picture with all their data as well so uh yeah, at least we could say we're giving back to our fans here with uh, our podcast and not charging, but... <laughs> yeah, our podcast is literally the size of most of their shows, if yeah. not larger. Right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes we so, uh, go on it. Yeah. No, we didn't do it to sit here and get anything. We actually did it because we like it and whatnot. But now that we're laying down damn near a year, it's like, I'm looking at our library going, wow, fuck. Why hasn't at least one or two people gotten a hold of us personally and said, thanks? Just thanks. And when the talent, because we've had talent, like not just wrestlers, talent, but like are all up over our yeah. asses loving us. Yeah. Like when we get those comments, those are like just as much. It means a lot coming from them, like as it did for Brett, but we're obviously hearing like a lot more than, uh, especially from Dude, a couple of people. Talent, <laughs> right? talent, and, and, and talent extends to referees. No, nope, they're even getting a hold of us. Announcers going behind hey, the scenes, people, you know, the, we the ring crews. You Where are you? Dude, it's all fucking there, all the way down to camera people we're talking to. Oh, yeah. Just going, hey, the, cameras, yep. the fucking GPW crew, you know, fucking head of security. Like, we're talking to a lot of these guys who really do appreciate that we say something about them. And we do it because we appreciate the hard work that they put in. This is just really a big appreciation thing. That's why we love it. And we get real when we have to get real. That's why our show started dark because of me. <laughs> it started a little negative because of me. But I feel better saying it out loud to someone because for some reason, I just feel like that if I cancel my shit tomorrow, I'm not going to get anything from GCW. And that worries me. And see, that's so, what I'm kind of wor not worried mm -hmm. about. But I'm honestly, th because of like we went back before we did this podcast and they've done four podcasts, the, the four or five podcasts and it's april and like we used to get like one a week if not two a week and now mm -hmm. we're not getting anything like i'm thinking of dropping down from the game changer just to the not the very minimum sorry jamie Lowe, and i'm not gonna donate my dollar but to help <laughs> feed a feed a former child actor but lowering it until it comes time for ticket sales and then jumping back up to get the tickets because i mean i'm not 12 bucks, 75 bucks a month right now for one podcast and a couple pictures of one show after we all complained about it. Uh, not we all complained about, but some people kind of complained about it is not enough to justify the 75. So I might drop down to like the $12 one and then bump it up uh, as needed. And I, I know a lot of people I've heard talk about that, even on like the group chat. I mean, a couple of people are doing that as well. So uh, hopefully they Oh, I heard a up. lot, actually. Yeah. I heard, I mean, I didn't hear one person saying, yeah, I kept my shit at 75. Like every single person was like, I dropped my shit or I dropped my shit down to another level. Like I saw some people that just straight up canceled because they said what we're saying now, we didn't get what we paid for. Yeah. And the only reason we're actually continuously paying right now is because we love the company. So I wish the company that we love would get back and contact us and help with us. Um, to help give us the stuff that we're owed. 
Yeah, and I know it's like I think <laughs> on, Stephen man. A even sounds like he's starting to help out a little bit more on their side, on the Patreon as well. And I, but it's just so hard because I mean it's just hard. Like he's a full time job out in Japan, and he's out in totally mm-hmm. different hours, and there's only so much he could do. And also, he's while he loves GCW, like loves the deathmatch stuff, he's kind of fallen out of this current wrestling now nowadays of what it seems like, and it just kind of. Lives, loves talk about the nostalgia and kind of what's happening in freedoms, which is perfectly fine because that's where he's at. But um, I know there's he's trying to help us also so much he can do. So hopefully uh, some people or like I said, even us, like we'll throw, we'll throw our hats in there to put out some content on the podcast or on the, the Patreon and still give every, our fans still. We'll still give you guys also a little uh, our, our show that's not behind a payroll and stuff like that. But hopefully Brett does get some help to kind of pick up where their Patreon was off. And like, even I, I missed the Twitter spaces. That's a free thing that that was happening. And those were like, lo, like those were can't mm-hmm. miss for me. I used to like mm-hmm. anytime a GCW Twitter space happened, I stopped what I was doing. No matter the time, even like at 11 o'clock at night, I got to go work in the morning. I would listen until two in the morning and just enjoy myself there. And I, I just kind of, kind of missed the good old days of old GCW Patreon and the fan interactions that we were getting from the actual company and Brett and stuff like that, that were, not getting for now especially on stuff that we kind of paid for it's as you said it's this i my word is disheartening a little bit well i'm just i really hope it doesn't count against us for being honest about our feelings for the products that we paid for that we didn't get yeah that's the only thing i really hope that doesn't count against us because my my money kept rolling in on time yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway all right so so i will be fair too because i know brett kind of mentioned it in the last one because he was like the official the official yes the gcw official podcast is on patreon so you can hear them hopefully twice a week but you generally hear them about on average four times or once every four weeks once every three weeks maybe yeah that sounds about, about right. once every that is the official podcast that's the one that if you wanted to you can listen to it it's over there it's behind the paywall on patreon you just have to look up gcw over there um that's that's all there is so i mean and here we are (laughs) so yeah i feel like we're a little untapped and um it seems like all the talent knows we exist it seems like a lot of a lot of people know we exist except for a couple people that we would just like to hear from just to say hi and and just an acknowledgement to just you know just a handshake just a handshake like hey you know appreciate it man all that free advertising and marketing i appreciate it yeah you know solidifying our fan base and making sure they have something to listen to keeping the gcw name in their ear three to seven hours a week thank you yes and thank you for everyone that has reached out fans wrestlers (laughs) talent there's everybody in general like we kind of always say our thank yous every week and might as well say at the beginning of the episode now like we all every little thing that we get feedback wise and as i just said um i think i most of it has been positive. I haven't really heard negative, but I, we obviously know. Never. We know the Have negatives you? of our own stuff. No, no, I've never got a negative one really uh, at all. We, we obviously know where we're fucking yeah. up if we fuck up otherwise. <laughs> I mean, I think the worst that's ever happened is we fuck up a pronoun and then we turn around and say, sorry, we meant to say it this way. Like that's. Yeah, this is the harshest I think I may have ever been on any episode ever. I think I've maybe said that two or three times before, so I feel like I've escalated a couple times. <laughs> But um, no, I, I just I feel better saying it out loud. And I'm hoping that it makes other Patreons patrons feel better knowing that it's not just them. There's a whole bunch of us out there that are like, where's our shit? And it's not OK. And it's OK to say that as a fan. Yeah, 
I, I, I think it's perfectly fine. I hope and I do have faith, even though it's kind of has been dwindling because it's been four months and everything. Whenever they have tried to catch up and make well on their offers, they usually do. It just they're just taking a little bit longer in between this time to uh, make up for. I'm gonna like, hit them with an invoice. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm gonna hit them with an invoice. I'm gonna be like, hey, no, that's that is harsh. Damn, man, I'm a little pissy today. I'm I'm straight heels, dude. Well, let's talk about the I can't feel my face <laughs> show. And yeah, I know you got some uh, pre-show remarks on uh, the show before we get into all the action yeah. again. And uh, yeah, you have a lot of interesting details here. So go ahead and I'll let you take over. Yeah. So the one thing I really noticed from the beginning was I love the promo poster for this show. It was like a Nick Gage ID card from the state of Missouri. I really like that concept a lot. Now, why a Missouri license, even though they're in Sage, Illinois, it's because Missouri has restrictions on how GCW can run their shows. So they decided to run the show literally across the Mississippi River in Sage. And basically, Sage is like this small area. It resides right next to the St. Louis airport. A little history. Sage was incorporated as Monsanto in 1926. For anyone who thinks that sounds familiar, it does. That's the company that did all the chemicals a lot of the uh and still does a lot of chemicals for some of those plants out there for farms and whatnot but the um it was basically formed for, to provide like a lighter regulatory envo- environment but it was also for lower taxes for monsanto chemical plants it was renamed in honor of leo sage its first village president but primarily it's just an industrial area i just wanted to kind of put some shit out there for fun um why Sage? Now you know, basically, Missouri's just kind of shitty to run a show in, but it's still a fantastic market. And a lot of people don't know that St. Louis is basically split up between two states. So that's why. See, and I didn't know, like, well, the the, the whole idea on the Missouri thing, that's what I, I didn't even catch that little detail there <laughs> of uh, yeah. the ID being from Missouri, but the show actually being in Illinois, that's a... Uh... There's my one fun fact you taught me for the day. Yeah, and Sage is in St. Louis. It's just like a little, you know, like how Henderson is in, you know, or Summerlin is in Las Vegas. Same thing. Yeah, just right across the river. Kind of cool. So the show opens. I love this venue because it has a lot of space. Emil's in the ring. He's got like a badass ECW tracksuit. So big ups to him. Nick Gage comes out. Fans are really polite and kind. I mean that. Like a lot of people, they're like crowding Nick Gage and going crazy. These fans are staying in their place, you know, letting him run into him, slapping five, giving him a hug, like the way it probably should be, you know, in a perfect world. But um, I loved watching Gage slam into the fans. He gets in the ring. He explains that there might be a tornado, but fuck it. We have a show to run. GCW is here for the fans. The performers are here for the fans. And that's how they started the night was just a nice little pep rally to be, uh, to be thankful to the fans out there who braved all that shit to come out and enjoy a good show. And I know we spent the first part of the show poo-pooing the Patreon, but I do have to admit that was very cool when they did post the video on that of what the, yeah, the, yeah. the, what, like an, two hours before the show and then like an hour before the show, how much the weather changed and 
their tornado that they were really in. I thought that was pretty cool. And yes, of course, that was on Patreon. So we do have to see. We, we give the negatives. We also get the positive. That was a very cool thing to see on the Patreon because um, I saw like the, the first thing on Twitter about like how like, hey, due to the weather, the show might be delayed. And I was like, what? And then Patreon mm-hmm. like right after it hit me with like a couple messages and videos of the pictures and uh, stuff that, that they were taking uh, outside the venue and that was pretty crazy to see that they still kind of ran a show and still had a crowd and that kind of uh, the crowd was a little lower uh, capacity wise and the last couple shows have been at the Pops uh, the Pops nightclub but with that weather I'm surprised whoever showed up God bless them because that is that was some crazy weather awesome. they braved for this show yeah um one thing I, I don't, I'm trying to see it here. If I can't see it on this one, I know it's on the next show, or I've seen pictures of What's it. That? Nick, What's that? Nick Gage's teeth. Have you seen Nick Gage's teeth? No. So see no. now with that now I'm scared if I got uh, fooled on Twitter or not. I will send you a picture here of what I got from Nick Gage's teeth. That's why I'm trying to see this promo here of what he had. But it looked like Nick. Did Gage, he get them fixed? I yeah. Nick Gage got his front teeth fixed, and then. Uh, he has the, a gold grill. <laughs> no, not a gold grill. No, uh, he got some chiclets in there, but uh, looks good. Yeah, he looks real good, good with it. And I'm a little worried though. But then my worries actually got pushed aside about a couple hours ago. Someone in the group chat that I was in was saying that Nick Gage has always said once he retires, he will fix his teeth once he's done wrestling. And kind of after the collective now, and this is the first show since the collective. It, with his fixed teeth, I was starting to worry once they s- said that uh, how long Nick Gage had in the ring because with that, if they had any truth to what was being said, that was uh, kind of worrisome that maybe Nick Gage will be done, but he still looks incredible. As we said, he's every time we've seen him slightly, like since his comeback, he's in incredible shape. But he did tweet out today or posted on Instagram saying, Holy shit! Wow, see it? I think I see it. I think I see it. And I, I see there's a fake when I saw that one. Yeah. White teeth. Yeah. I also saw the Nick Gage face mask. Like, for Oh COVID. yeah. I saw that one. That <laughs> one was crazy when they was go, uh, going out, but uh, he yeah, did. As long as that's a true picture, then that would be it right there. So good for him. See, that's what I'm trying to good figure out. Him. I can't really tell during this promo. Not, I should have went back and looked before we started the podcast. This the one, the one for the show we're covering. Yeah. Right now, I didn't see it. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't look like now I'm scared. I got fooled. But he did post on Instagram, nonetheless, that, hey, if it wasn't for these three people, and I think it was uh, Jordan Oliver, Nick Wayne, and, oh, I forgot who else was in the other in the picture. But he said, without these three help pushing me and uh, representing the MDK gang and kind of uh, getting me back into shape to get my world title back, then that mm-hmm. kind of makes me, makes me happy that hopefully he is not done because I was kind of worried about that a little bit. We talked about after he lost his belt how much longer that Nick Gage would go. Cause he kind of always said like he came back to defend the belt and he's going to wrestle as long as he is the champion. Oh, here we go. Oh, out of all the people fucking Blake Christian. Uh, okay. So yeah, Nick Gage on Instagram goes, if it wasn't for these three wrestlers and rest of the locker room that motivated me, motivated me to get back in wrestling shape and get my world title back. And then now I'm also reading that. I'm like, Oh, maybe he's talking about a couple months ago when he got his world title back and he still right. might be not. Uh, done. Hopefully it's not. I think that I still think Nick Gage will have plenty of say to uh, plenty has plenty of say in the GCW world title scene. And hopefully we do not uh, see the end of it. And it's still, as you said, nice to see him come out and get the pop, even if he's not wrestling. And later on, we will hear him on commentary, which we both absolutely love when he's on commentary. I'm telling you, it's like the stone cold treatment. 
Yeah, I'm all for That's it. Exactly I, what that is. I love it, and I still, even if he is done in the ring, I'm, I can, as long as he get the pop, get the get the mosh pit going, and get the crowd hyped, and still do all his funny quips on the commentary during death matches. I'm I'm here for that. And that will lead us into our first match of the evening, as the aforementioned Blake Christian goes against Dan the Dad, and I was really hoping that Dan the Dad would. Put a good old-fashioned child ass whooping on Blake Christian during this match. <laughs> I was waiting for a bend over the knee and spank him during this match. Uh, I did get to hear though. I don't a couple funny chants. The dad's going to ground you. I loved that yeah. chance uh, during the match, and that yeah, this was a fun and entertaining match, and it actually went way longer than I expected it to be. Uh, being a Dan the Dad match. You know, I was really happy with it. So I'll, I'll give a little too. background on Dan, too, because it's been a while since we've seen him in a GCW ring, hasn't it? I, was say, a while. I don't think I've seen him in a GCW ring in a while. I, I know we, oh. we've seen him on Revolver and stuff during like GCW weekend out here in Vegas, but uh, I don't think I've I seen think Dan right. the Dad. I'll look that up while you're going over your stuff here. Yeah, yeah. I have fuzzy memories. It is 420. You never know. That so actually, I'm doing quite fine, and I have not done any 420s. So Dan is, that's my official story. Dan is an eight-year vet. He has a shirt on and says, your father's favorite wrestler. I thought that was fantastic. Comes out with a cup of coffee, and he's listening to Born to Run, his uh, theme as he comes out. Because of his gimmick, people don't see how technically sound he is. This is also his home territory. Maybe I should have said that a little better, but I really do mean that. Dan the dad is like technically very sound in the ring. If you have a chance to check him out, that's worth checking out for sure. Blake Christian, six years in, super young, solid performer who always puts in a great wrestling match. And that's who's facing off in this one. So we have the heel versus the hometown comedy guy. So that's what we have ahead for us. What what are you thinking on this one? So Dan the Dad has won. This was his first match in GCW per match. Congratulations, Dan. That's awesome. I'm happy to have him over. Uh, I I agree with you. He... He's very similar. I don't know if this is in your notes, and I don't want to steal it if so. Uh, he's very similar to Orange Cassidy, where the gimmick kind of is comedy, and it kind of hides the fact that he could actually really go in the ring like Orange Cassidy. When it's time to get serious and go, Orange Cassidy goes. And Dan the Dad, I've seen a couple matches too, where it starts off like does his little dad spots here and there, and then when it times to get kicked up into full gear, as we see during this match later on. Uh, yeah, Dan the Dad, sneaky. Not... He's sneaky in a way that's his gimmick, but he could really go in the ring. And I think that's why I actually do like him a lot because the comedy gimmicks kind of only go so far, in my opinion. If you can't go in the ring, then I I kind of lose interest real fast. But Dan mm-hmm. the Dad just reminds me of Orange Cassidy where it's they're very uh, sneaky in how they uh, get their moves off during the matches. Get their moves off. Uh, I couldn't think yeah. of a better word. <laughs> we got the that's my dad chant going on in the crowd there thought that was kind of funny blake was starting to mock dan the dad as a drunk like a drunk dad i don't know if you saw that at all no i missed that that's not like what i'm gonna have to pay attention now yeah and then at one point he started like checking and smelling the cup to see if there was anything in his holy shit i totally missed this okay well you were probably writing a note at the same time you know it could be it happens uh that's my dad chance throughout the crowd which was absolutely hilarious when those dad chants came out Blake ends up grabbing a microphone and he roasts the crowd for being all 40 year old men who call Dan the dad their 
their dad. And then he yells at another guy that made me laugh. He, you can hear him yelling. We're both gingers. That We're man. supposed to stick together. And uh, then he basically told the guy, you ain't got no soul. That was funny. I actually enjoyed that spot from Blake Christian at the beginning. Yeah, he kind of broke character almost to a point just for that. But and it was totally worth it. Again, those are the moments that make the shows much more fun to watch because you can tell everybody's kind of entertained and they're enjoying themselves. We had dad is going to ground you chance also from the crowd. And then they also had daddy issues chance. So this was really fun here. There was also a genius to Dan the dad. I was going to tell you, it's kind of funny, but I realized he could get older and develop a dad bod and it literally would not mess with his character. If anything, it would make it better. And then as he got older, he could get a protege that he could call his son and boom, he could be a mentor and a manager and still be out of, be the out of shape dad with the dad bod and still uh, helping out. the Yeah. He's got a never ending gimmick going on here. It's so smart. You ready? Here's the gimmick. He's going to find out that Starboy Charlie is his son and Starboy Charlie starts dressing like this could work with anyone. This could work with Nick Wayne, but it would be hilarious if he finds out that one of these wrestlers who has a gimmick, like it would be funny to see someone who has a gimmick that's like a dark gimmick. And then they find out like an emo kid dad. Yeah. Austin and then he Power starts dressing style? like Dan the dad, though. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like mini me. So uh, I'm thinking of this, the Seth Green character, the, his actual son. Like he's oh, all the that, emo yeah. kid and like arguing with the dad. And the dad's like, no, you're not my son. Like I'm cheating mini yeah. me as my son. Could you imagine, then... though, they, bo- they both come out in the socks. Oh, and they yeah. both come out in like the pants. And this character's yeah. got a lot, a lot more steam left in his take. I like the, that idea. Oh, hell yeah. So this is like the 13th match in a row where Blake is pulling off some shit in the ring and the fans are given the you still suck chant. He's just doing shit. That's so good that they're still acknowledging it. And it's, it's hard to deny. I love that trip. Dad, dad tripped him at the beginning. I love, I love that. Like Blake's like, okay, I'm going to run the ropes and go ahead. And he just sticks his foot out and trips the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. I like, I like the whole thing a lot. There was a, a lot of ta- a taunting of the fans by Blake, a lot of mocking of Dan, the dad, we had chance with all heart, no balls, which was just the fans were enjoying themselves. There was a funny spot that made me laugh. Uh, Blake had Dan the dad down and gave him a wet willy. That's when we started to get use your belt chance from the fans. So Blake pulls out a knife from underneath the ring. I know that sounds like such a change of chapters. But <laughs> he does. And he cuts a corner pad off of the ropes. And then he ends up throwing the knife to the referee. So I'm waiting to see what's going to happen with that. But Dan ended up, or dad, Dan, the dad, I actually flipped that. That's funny. So dad started whipping Blake with his belt, which the fans absolutely love, but Blake still won. He had a double foot stomp to the face, which was pretty fucked up from his point of view. So our winner here was Blake Christian. So at the end of this, also Blake Christian was making that championship across his waist motion. So I'm wondering how much long-term storytelling this is with Masha. And it's funny because later on in the show, it kind of shows. So what's your thoughts on this one, man? I loved it. I, I, like you said, it was, was it, at the spots it needed to be entertaining and comedic. It was perfectly hit the spot for me, but also the in-ring action was always good. We always give Blake that credit no matter what. He always puts on fun and entertaining matches, especially now in this heel character, just elevates it more. Um, that's one thing too I love about the Dan, the dad character. Like we've seen it kind of heelish. When he went against Billy Starks out here in Vegas, and then now we like he could go back and forth. It's such a like I don't know I don't even know the word like a fluid character. Like 
I didn't know it Personal. had that many legs and he could go back and forth. Like, I'm loving this character even more and more now. Um, but yeah, I ultimately think too, like the, as we'll probably talk about later, more the, the teasing of the, the Blake with the title around his waist. Um, I, that's why I kind of always loved about like the money in the bank. And we talked about it too. You just never know when it's going to happen and when yeah. it can happen. And that's, what's going to make it. Well, I would say a big pop, but everyone's going to boo the shit out of him uh, if he ever does win the belt. And and we obviously know it's going to be some sort of bullshit, like horrible way. Now, every time I see Masha in a match and like she's like recovering after a victory, I'm just like, God damn it, Blake, don't do it now. Don't do it now. And that's a good feeling to have as a fan because you just never know when the world title is going to change and what show it's going to happen at. And um, I think Blake Christian's going to be very good in this kind of teasing of when he is going to cash it in because he's elevated his heel work that good in the ring and kind of got off the mic with the promos like even this one i saw him get the mic i'm like oh shit don't do it blake you've been very good off off the mic and get in the heel heat don't start drowning on now but he made it short and sweet at the beginning and yeah i think whenever he does decide to cash in it's going to be a uh quite an interesting event that happens afterwards i think it's Charles Mason psychology. Yeah. That's what he's playing. Yep. He's got head games going on. And that's perfect. That's, Cause we said, that's one yeah. of the reasons we love Charles Mason. He's got that perfect sadistic heel heat going and Blake's starting to kind of get that part of his character going as well. But I thought it was a fun way to start off the show, especially uh, with Dan, the dad making his GCW debut. Now the second match is one match. I know you're going to love to talk about as it is a Haas fight as Calvin Tankman goes against the iron demon, Shane Mercer. And I even wrote down here. Great to see a nice Haas fight. Can't wait to hear what John has. I wrote it here. Can't wait to hear what John has to say about it. Cause uh, yeah, these were two big boys going at it. And I thought they actually had a really good match too, with a lot of fun teases of, uh, possible yeets going around the crowd and stuff like that with Shane Mercer and Tankman. And I'm glad to see these two kind of go at it because these two, I think could do, I would, I want to see a lot more from these two in GCW as well. So yeah, it's like yeet city out there, but <laughs> I, yeah. So I had a lot of expectations in this one. I did have, okay. I'm going to be honest. I did have concerns, uh, some concerns here because I know Shane Mercer, when it gets up to these heavier weights, sometimes he has a little bit of a problem with it. I'm, only being realistic, I don't want to kind of, you know, I kind of knew ahead of time he was probably going to have a little bit of issues with Tankman because that's just, I don't care how big you are. That's a big boy and it's a lot of weight. So um, I'll get into that a little bit later, though. Uh, Max Recon steps into the ring to handle a very heavy match. I wouldn't want to be the one to get in between these two guys. That's just, that's a lot of strength there. Mercer's the little guy in this exchange. I think that's the best way to put it. They started with classic Matt style wrestling. I was noticing, and we, we may have talked about something close to this before. I would love to see Calvin Tankman make the pounce as his finisher. I know we've talked about something close to this, but he, he put down a pretty good pounce. And somebody on the next night, on the next show that we're going to cover, did a pounce. And I was like, yes! Cause I, and they made a mention of Monty Brown. And they really? called out the pounce. Yeah, the old school pounce. I, I loved it on the next card. And yeah, we have talked about Tankman doing the pounce, uh, pounce finish. And they would, yeah, whoever Tankman hit would go flying. Um, and in the next one, whoever, I forgot who it was. I think it was one of the local guys during uh, the scramble on the next card that uh, we cover, they did the pounce and <laughs> that person went flying, <laughs> but I've always loved the pounce for it. And Tankman's a perfect size to really make it look good and send the opponent flying across the ring. I would be all for that. 
Mercer's gonna kill you, Chance, from the crowd. Uh, I don't think they had a favorite in this one. It was really just two people kicking the shit out of each other. I think they may have preferred Tankman because Mercer's able to get that heel heat and Tankman's really not a heel. Naturally, he's more of a face. And see, I was going to go the opposite way there. Like, he, to me, absolutely comes off as, like, the menacing heel and then... He's so good. Like the crowd ends up always cheering and loving him anyway. Like I, I have, I think I like him so much. I think I like him so much. I think I see him as a face. Maybe, maybe I'm lying to myself. It's possible. I mean, uh, I like him better as a, looks like he did a pounce. Actually. I I thought I just saw the pounce. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He does one. Okay. Oh yeah. I totally missed it then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Going back to that. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think I, I love him as the menacing heel, but then, like Shane Mercer, I think was the face in this one too. Like I, I actually just had the opposite feeling of there, but the crowd was fifty-fifty as ultimately. Yeah, yeah, we we interpreted it the way we kind of saw it. Yeah, you know? yeah. But there was a chop fight at minute two to three. It turned into two men just basically clubbing on each other. Emil called it a clubbering, and um, I I know it's a new word, but I kind of understood what he was saying. Like I don't know if it's like a redneck thing or what it was, but I understood it. The chop started again at around minute four. There was a tankman spot where he completely cracked the shit out of Mercer's head with a nasty forearm. And it was enough to where the ref actually had to immediately check on Mercer, which obviously he was fine. So Mercer also had a fantastic suplex on tankman a little later on in that match. I was noticing that Mercer keeps attending the, uh, he keeps attempting the moonsault and battery. That's part of what I was talking about a little bit. I think the ending was probably going to be the moonsault and battery. But this is where the this is where I was thinking that he didn't have the strength to get him. I don't think anybody has the strength to pull that off. Like I was that, hoping for it, but I was well, like, exactly. man, if he pulls this off, Mercer shoots to the top of the list or next person that should challenge Masha in my book just off of that one move alone. But Oh well, exactly. Exactly. And that's I you know what, you made a point there that I didn't really say. I was saying that he has a hard time. Anybody would have a hard time with Calvin Tank. Yeah. That's kind of his that's kind of his thing. Yeah, and like, so. but then for that, you had asked me one person. I think in I think just in all of wrestling that could do it. It's Shane Mercer. Yeah. I, okay. So no lie, I really did look forward to this match a lot. So this is one of those things. But um, I'll just go ahead and give the ending, and we'll go from there. But I have Calvin Tankman. He hits Mercer with a vicious elbow for the win after a flurry of moves. I didn't write down the moves. It's worth checking out this match if you're wanting to try to just see some wrestling and see what these two would do in the ring. It's just two interesting ingredients coming up against each other. But the winner here was Calvin Tankman. I'll go ahead and just kind of give a little more of my opinion. I just want it to be fair. I'm being more honest, and I kind of like it sometimes. But I put with time for coordination and practice, I could see both men putting on a stellar match. I feel this match was okay, but with a decent amount of the big spots, they were not delivered that well because of the sheer size and weight that the other had to carry. So I think that if they would have had some time to just work with each other a little more, they have the possibility of putting on something really stellar. I was just, we didn't see it as much as we should tonight, but there is a lot of... There's a lot of capability in that ring, and there's there's just more they could do more. And I think even I found horrible man, <laughs> what a bad day for me. <laughs> I think even though with know. the teases, like even the tease of this these certain spots, I was like, oh no, is he gonna do it? Like I was on my like this one, I actually stopped whatever I was doing and watched this one fully full attention because uh, I was really looking forward to this match as well because I thought they would kind of. 
attempt something but even just the teases and the attempts i was still popping pretty hard for i agree with you i think uh if they were to deliver on a couple of those spots it would have been even a crazier match and i don't think it should like as a second match of the night too they probably don't want to pull off the move of the night either it's like putting vikingo second in the match and okay go ahead and try to follow Mm -hmm. that spot um right I don't remember if it was this one or the next one. I think it I think it was the next show. Calvin Takeman delivers a crazy elbow to Brian Keith as well. And um he like I love when he shouts out like check on him, ref, he's out. Like when we talked about like when we wrestled these younger guys, I like love it. Get him. talking. Go yeah, go check him out. He's done. Let's go. Let's go home. Like I'm not like what do you mean? All right, if he's if he stands back up, it's on you, ref. And I love like that's where I think that's why I think I I kind of view Tankman as a heel because of the uh, a uh, too much confidence, uh, the cockiness, I guess I, I should say, of his character kind of plays out in moments like that, and I think that kind of lends more towards the heel work. And but uh, I could definitely see Tankman working as a great babyface too, because he every the whole crowd loves him, and like I I don't I've never seen a bad Tankman match. Where I'm like, oh my god, I wish I didn't see that match. Like Tankman always delivers, and Mercer's been killing it as of late as well. Um, yeah, I was kind of shocked to see Tankman get the win, but I'm kind of glad because I think he he needs a victory here there. Because I think the last few times we've seen him, he's lost. I have to go back and check that out. Um, but ultimately, he's, he's young. He's mobile. oh yeah, that's what I was about to say. Ultimately, he's still young and still kind of not with GCW as often as Shane Mercer was. So I think that's why I was kind of off, not off guard, but I was kind of shocked and surprised at the ending. And I do think Calvin Takeman definitely deserved it, though. Now, outside of pure development, when you're looking at these big hosses, their younger years are their best years. You need to go out and appreciate people like Calvin Tankman. He's not going to be able to do these things at 55 and 60 year old. So at 60 years old. So I just want to mention that up front that Calvin is in some great years. He's got a great attitude. He's great with the fans, great communication. Just, yeah, that's why I love it, man. And Mercer on the other side, he's just a strong man. That's just so damn good. And he does a lot of shit like that moonsault and battery looks so damn dangerous. And he makes it look so good. Yeah. Every single time. Sometimes he even like over rotates where it's kind of like the person doesn't even hit the ground. He kind of just like lands on his knees and like kind of sets him down, which is shows how incredibly strong and talented he really is. I I'm a little I know I talked about this before with Shane AEW Shane Strickland and, and they were trying to get new mogul affiliates and unfortunately they debuted new ones and it wasn't Calvin Tankman, but I still think he could be perfect in like AEW. I know he's doing a lot more stuff in MLW too, which is awesome to see. Um I I just think he would have been a perfect fit as one of those bodyguard like heater persons that you you got to go through them before you get to Shane uh, uh, Swerve Strickland and I I do see a bright future in Tankman's uh, in Tankman's future I think he's going to go a long way because he's incredible and as you said he, I forgot how old he is but he's still very young to uh, still oh, yeah. keep on growing as a competitor and every time he shows it like new like you said at the beginning of this match they did like kind of like a little lucha rolls and up and overs and shit like to start off the match it's like that you don't see that from big people uh big hosses quite often and chain uh uh shane uh calvin tankman did a pretty good job with that at the beginning of this match i could lift calvin i think i got it with the forklift oh yeah man oh yeah yeah exactly right. i was gonna say yeah i uh i think they said he was 400 plus i'm not picking that up I can't, I can't, I can't say shit about Mercer or nothing, man, but no, he, he had his hands full and no kidding. Like there's just a lot of man there. What are you going to do? So it was good overall. I'd watch it again. 
I think they would have they would have a good second match together. Uh, I'm like going back and trying to find his last victory in GCW. It goes all the way back to New Year's of last year against Yoya was his last victory in the GCW ring. Unless you count the time. Yeah, he I mean, he had a match with the uh, Willie, uh, not Willie Mack, um, which Rich Swan, but that was kind of like the Black Label Pro slash GCW. It was during that four cups yeah. after weekend. Um, but yeah, that's kind of shocking. I didn't know it was like that long ago, over a year since he got a victory in GCW. That's pretty uh, it's crazy. Time. That's yeah, that's too long, I think. Uh, but that nah, was fun. I would definitely like to see this one run back again, as you said. Maybe as they get more comfortable with each other in the ring, they could. We can see all those cool spots. Uh, maybe they're saving it too for another, a bigger place and a bigger show other than at Pops uh, in Sage. Yeah, I told him to hold off a little. <laughs> I gave him a call. I'm like, Merce, Mr. Tank, <laughs> if you could. Yeah, I call him Merce. Mr. Tank, I call him Mr. Tank. I said, hey, you guys got to just maybe give it 80%, 90%. They're like, okay, cool, boss. <laughs> I can do that. Our third... <laughs> I'm just picturing you right just now. A bunch of bullshit, What's up, Tank? Right? What's up, Tank? What's How up, you doing? Mr. Mr. Tank. Oh, Mr. And Merck. <laughs> and Merck. My boy, Merck. Oh, oh Merck. Uh-huh. Our third matchup of the evening. Why isn't he called Merck? M-E-R-C. Merck, like the mercenary. He already wore, like, camouflage for half of his career. Yeah. That might be a character development here down the line for him. Yep, I'm I'm for sale. I can give him all kinds of gimmicks. <laughs> Our third matchup of the evening is the hat throwing Tony Deppin going against uh Shaza McKenzie, who's uh, as they kind of announced, I think, at the show, made her this is like her first match since she's now officially moved to the states and in the St. Louis area, which I'm kind of glad. Like I I think she's actually pretty good in the ring. Like I've seen her a little bit on AEW. Um and other indie promotions as well. And uh, this match against Tony Depp was kind of perfect. I know she kind of has a little thing going online with the the, the journalist uh, Sean Ross app. And uh, I've seen they're kind of go back and forth. And I would really like to see Saza kind of give it to Tony Depp in as well as uh, she gave it to Sean Ross app. But to, uh, Tony Depp and this was a perfect match for him to kind of be the asshole that he is to get more heat. And I think this was perfect to get the crowd behind Shaza, especially in her first match, uh, in I think this was her first GCW. Uh, no, she wrestled in GCW before. Oh, it's yeah, been a one, she, one in a while, yeah. And especially since she moved here, I think it would be a kind of a good uh, stepping stone to get the victory over Tony Deppin. But unfortunately, we did not get that. And this match was fun, though. I did like Tony Deppin's facial reactions and him doing everything he can to help put Shaza over more. Um, and I just think I. I loved this whole match. Shaza's struggle to kind of keep the pace and stay, keep advantage, but Tony Depp and never letting her do it. I thought that was good storytelling throughout this match. So we built this city comes up. You can hear it playing. Everyone immediately starts booing middle fingers flying up everywhere. Most of the sing along that used to go along with, we built the city from the fans. It's primarily gone. Now it is not a feel good moment when Tony Deppin comes out. Castle Tony is what I'd like to call him. That's what he was out with tonight with his shirt of choice. He also has his killer 70s porn mustache kicking. So honestly, between the tassels and the porn stash, I mean, you want to talk about a luckier man in Sage, Illinois. You can't find one. Same thing that you were saying with Shaza. She is from Australia. She now hails from St. Louis, Missouri. She probably got tired of the fucking spiders and left. But uh, at one point in the match, I thought it was hilarious. Tony yelled out in the crowd, she's not even American. Why are you cheering for her? Which, again, classic Tony. It was fucking hilarious. But 
I don't know how many spots you have in this one. I didn't have a lot of big spots to mention. I'm not going to lie. To me, it was like 90 style match between these two. It was what I've expected. It was a lot of back and forth. Uh, it was 16 minutes long. For me, it could have been eight. It just, there wasn't much going on for me that I can report to you guys. Maybe you can fill in some holes somewhere. I know you had some psychology that was going on where she was trying to perform some things, but yeah, that's you let me know. That's kind I'm, of what I felt like during this match was more just I, I love the the struggle that Shaza kept on trying to have. I think I forgot the way move she was trying to every move she was going for it kept on getting blocked and then she would finally hit it on the third time. And I think that was good storytelling though, because you get the fans teasing the 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 big pop and then not getting it to him, and then when you finally gave it to him, they definitely popped, especially for Saj. Uh, oh my God, Shaza! <laughs> you wanted to say Saj? Oh my God! I was just about to say I'm going to mess up Shaza and Shaza. Now I'm going to like say the shh. But... This is your Ibushi moment. Oh no 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 no! Don't jinx me on that one. Mm-hmm. We're still early in the show. At least you're at the end on your show. <laughs> hey, I just said Ibushi right twice in a row. That's pretty good. Yeah, better than Ibushi. I practiced. Oh, I'm going to put it in your head. I'm going to I'm going to flip, flip the script now. <laughs> Uh, but I, uh, there was a, like a lot of cool spots in this match. I thought it was just a lot of good storytelling and kind of classical wrestling, which not, not focusing on the high spots, which I, I, I enjoy. We got the house fight earlier. We got the comedy kind of match earlier. Now we get the more old school face and heel. I call man it the versus... standard classic. Yeah, that was a classic match. And, uh, Tony Deppin, I think does a real good job and he's back on a couple winning right way. Oh my God. Back on his winning race here. I wonder, uh what that's going to lead to or not. And I, I was actually kind of disappointed Shaza didn't get the victory. She's 0-6 in GCW. I just looked it up. And I thought this would be kind of the one feel-good moment of, hey, let's start your time off here and uh, living in the States, right, and give you a victory and kind of help promote her too. Not promote her, but help get her over with the crowd, with the victory. And when she could work the local indies or whatever uh, promotions that are out there, she could work those shows and she could she has the victory under GCW and under her belt and i thought that would kind of help her get more momentum in the states because i know she doesn't she kind of gets it and then she leaves and then doesn't really get it and then she comes back gets it again i just think now that she's staying here it'd be nice to kind of keep a consistent momentum going yep welcome to the neighborhood shaza that's yeah. the way i put it yep tony fucking handed it to her how it goes man yeah tony won with a roll up because he was holding the tights that dastardly bastard that he is our winner here was tony deppin the fans were not fucking happy that Tony won this match. There was a lot of feel good going on because of course Shaz is in her home territory now. Yep. That's so. why I was, that's kind of why I was saying it all. Cause like, yeah, I, I would, I don't really care who would have won this one. If I, if I was saying I would have done that just because like I said, just to kind of help Saza get her momentum going in the States. And sounds like she does want to work for GCW a little bit more often is what I heard on. Uh, I think she was on another podcast saying that she really does enjoy the GCW promotion and work in there because it's, fun environment to be in um and yeah seeing the fans reactions too i was like man that was like that was one of those ones you might have might have could have got but it's going to help tony deppin obviously and, but tony deppin doesn't really need the as we talked about before doesn't need the wins or losses kind of get over he's still going to get booed throughout the whole evening and throughout yep. his own match anyway yeah tony's going to get his heat he'll yeah. get his yep no matter what or who the opponent is for the fourth matchup of the evening we have Shiggy Hero, Eerie E going against the bounty hunter, Brian Keith. And I'm so glad to see both of these in GCW just wrestling against each other too, which is so super awesome. But just in general, seeing uh, 
Erie and uh, Brian Keith in a GCW ring is awesome to see. And now that they've been announced for these next, uh, not these next couple shows, but a couple shows down the line in the future, it kind of gives me uh, a lot of hope that they will start to kind of, well, I know Erie, uh, Erie, not so much, but Brian Keith hopefully becomes a GCW regular because I think as a, uh, he could fit a lot of holes, not holes, but he could fit right in with GCW and have a lot of fun stories and fun matchups as well. Yeah. So we were talking earlier. He totally fits the GCW vibe. He's got that craziness to him, but he also looks like he'd be fun at the party. That's kind of where he seems to fall in this. I was also surprised that Keith came out first. You know how usually yeah. the bigger come in, but you figure Shiggy Hero's probably coming from across the other, you know, across the world. So you might want to give him the spot there. Also, I've never seen him before, so I don't know how big he is or isn't, but he was big enough to come out after Brian Keith. But I was really interested in seeing, I call him Shiggy, because it was just so much easier. But he had awesome ring gear. I love the green. You know how I sometimes mention ring gear, but, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. The referee perch, um, another thing I'm seeing out there that I've commended a couple other referees for before, and we talked to him off and on. He was out there checking the corners. If you look, he's always checking the pads in the corners. Remember I mentioned this, like, one of our first ever yep. shows? I can't remember what referee was doing it. Nixon. I, that's the one I always forget between him and the wrestling revolver. Um, oh my God. I forgot his name now too, but yeah, Nixon is the one that I always seem okay, to forget. Okay. He's awesome. Cause he does like, he's also like real serious, but his facial reactions and the way he interacts with the wrestlers too is super awesome. I think. And that's why I really enjoy whenever he is a referee, he sticks out to me a lot because I think he provides a lot to these matchups. Well, it's that authority. Look, I'm serious. I'm out there to do what I need to do. You two do what you need to do to win. Yeah, that's yeah, Nick how Shin. I look at it. Oh, is that what it was? So okay, Nick Shin. So hey, that's here's why I'm confused. So the one we really love is Nick Shin, like your leg Shin, and the other one is Nick Chin, your chin on your face. That's why I'm always no so kidding. confused. It's so yeah, they're so close together. Uh, Nick Chin's the one that guys like the, every once in a while does spots during these matches. Like he'll do a suicide dive to the outside and stuff like that. Oh. I love those two referees. That's why I, like I just type in Nick and they're both right next to each other uh, on my Twitter list. Dude, I need to be a referee. I could be Nick Nick Double Chin. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. I know it. Dino. Oh, good. Okay, so Shiggy was mostly in control, but Keith is tough. Keith took a fucking ass beating. There was a point where Keith sits up and Undertaker style, and the crowd just loved it. And then you see Shiggy basically lay back down, and then he sits up like Keith did, kind of mimicking the Undertaker thing, making a joke of it. But Shiggy really strikes me as having enough of a dose of unorthodox style and move set that it makes him interesting. So he has a lot of the classic moves that you're going to see all wrestlers have, but he has some unique stuff kind of sprinkled in there. So you almost want to watch him just to see what he does next. It's like Ares, but not as cranked up on the unique move set style. He's just got three, four, five that are in there. You've never seen that. I loved watching for the first time. And I know you had a couple of things written down too about some move sets that you really liked, right? Yeah, Aries, uh, when he does the top rope assistant splash, I that was pretty fun to see because I know you had it too. You never seen him, uh, never seen that before, and I never did either. I made note of it. I really liked and um, Brian Keith's uh, Diamond Dust is another one, and I really love yeah, seeing. Yeah. Also, uh, when uh, Sh uh, Hero uh, goes like to the like, he has the person sitting on the ropes at the bottom. He does does like the 
the splash to them on the outside. And then I think Dave Prezak said like he could have turned it into a DDT. I noticed that right away too. It's like he could even add on to that move as, as he splashes the person, holds onto their head and DDTs them to the ground from the inside, I think would be awesome to see. Um, but just the move itself that he does is pretty cool. Like this was fun. This was like two innovative wrestlers that we don't see. Oh yeah. Like often. And I was, I loved this match. I, I would want to see this ran back and just in general, I want to see both of them a lot more, often in GCW with a lot of the other talents that they have not faced against. I think there's a lot of fun matchups out there. Yeah. I I'll go into the ending and we'll get a little more deep, deep into this one here, but Shiggy hits the cannonball. Then he hits a huge lariat from behind and he rolls up Keith for the three. This is an 11 and a half minute match. Our winner here was Shiggy hero. I'm, I'm terrible, man. That's why I called him Shiggy, but for me, I felt like it was a nice tasting, like a nice taste test for the fans to see who he was, what he was about. I really do want to see both men back in the ring again at GCW. There's also a nice little spot where Shiggy had bowed and then Keith like did not bow, but he went ahead and shook hands. You know, they have a fun like laugh as you can see them fight over who's raising the other guy's hand. You can see that towards the end, but both of them were respectful. They had fun. I really did like Shiggy's music a lot. I don't know what the deal was with it. It just, it hit me the right way. So that's what I have about this one. I didn't talk about Keith as much as I wanted to, honestly, because Shiggy's the new, the new one on the block here. He's the new kid, but I love Keith. I hope he's back again and again. I really liked his attitude that you said at the end too, like Shiggy, like they're both kind of like bowing and, Right, he's like, get off me, like, like mad that he still lost, but then that plays into like the whole bounty hunter uh, character of his. And yeah, I I know we we did talk about Shigeru, uh Shigehiro a lot too, but I I want to say big praises to Brian Keith. Like I've more recently than I have in the past been a fan of his, and um, yeah, this I think they both killed it. They had a fun match. You see, like yeah, at the end, I like that <laughs> they go back and forth raising each other's hands and. You can see Eerie kind of have fun with it as well. Uh, it's It was fun. It was a good, very good match, like, in ring. I wish this was kind of given those 16, 17 minutes that we got earlier in the night. Um, but maybe, once again, maybe we'll see this matchup down the road and they will be given that time. And with a little bit more experience and familiarity with each other, get an even better match. But this was, up to this point, what, this was my favorite match of the night. In my shoes, I, or my, in my thoughts, I put, I put Keith up there with, like, Willie Mack fantastic talents they just need some more eyeballs on them they're ready to pop and i'm hoping that eventually in time more people start to see what we see in in keith lee yeah i know i know uh brian keith has been uh shouted out a lot and he he absolutely is killing the independent scene too i'm just finally glad he's getting uh some more chances with gcw because as we think and that's kind of like a kind of a consensus is top of line independent wrestling and if you're going to have the best in the world, you got to have the best in the world. And right, right now, Brian Keith's up there for independent wrestling. I'm not going to go too, too far with it, but in the long haul, I think AEW is playing the long game and they're trying to snag up all these independent wrestlers one by one and kind of cut off WWE. I think maybe that's why the WWE is trying to develop their own performers instead of picking them up off of the independent scene. And that's where it got me away from WWE was that scene because you're picking up former football players that don't really care about wrestling. They're just going to do what's needed to collect the paycheck and get the fame and celebrity where I'm like, I I will root for these independent wrestlers more than I will people walking into 
uh, the PC center and with no knowledge, no nothing of wrestling. Like I, that's why I tend to like AEW a lot more too, because they get people that grew up as fans like us. They're living our dreams and you, you can tell it means a lot to them. So they're going to do whatever they can to keep on improving, to get to the big stage. And I, I, I prefer those kind of wrestlers and just the PC, uh, the big people of PC. Um, I think I, I, that's one. I really wanted Tankman and Brian Keith to be, Picked up for Swerve Strickland. Like, I really thought that would be an awesome, yeah. awesome oh, hell stable yeah. going in better than no no offense to Toyota Khan and uh Brian Cage, the uh, what's his name? Uh, the embassy. I I think they could have done immediately inserted Keith and Takeman in. They would have excelled, and you got two fresh new faces with a established name as Strickland. I think they could have done a lot of awesome things. Uh, in AEW, I, I think they, as you said, they probably are playing the long game with those two, but I yeah. would really like to see them up in AEW. Oh, you put Tankman and then, oh, you could have a powerhouse tag team in there too. Yeah, like I said, you got put like Willie and Tankman together. You got Tankman and a bodyguard. You got Bounty Hunter Keith to go and do the dirty work for Strickland, and he's just in the back laughing and then picking up the scraps. Like I think that fix it, fits his character perfectly and still establishes a great major like Hoss and Tankman and a unique kind of bounty hunter character in wrestling that we haven't really seen too much of, uh, if ever. Like I'm trying to think of like what like, I kind of go to the APA. They were like kind of like the hitmen and the bounty hunters. Like you paid yeah, them, they'll yeah. go do whatever you want. And I can see kind of Brian Keith kind of having similar character. I put all three together and then give them a very intelligent manager. And the manager works them like fingers to do what needs to be done in places that needs to have it done. Stokely. Oh my god. Uh, That'd be crazy. Stokely Hathaway being the manager. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that's absolutely. a good one. I, I like think that. it would fit. Yes. Fantasy booking. Uh, that's my, that's my next team for our next fantasy draft. Oh really? <laughs> that's what you're going to do. You're going to throw yes. them together kind of thing. Yes. Now with all these new names, we're going to have to make this like a yearly uh, thing. We're going to have to do another fantasy draft coming up here soon with all these Brian keys and Aries and coming into GCW. If we're caught up and there's a dead spot, we could throw another you and me together kind of thing. It doesn't take me too long. I just roll through the rosters for the last whatever. Oh yeah. We could put something together. I felt like uh I felt like last time our roster size was decent size. What do you think about that? It was good because we had to like okay. actually kind of create a couple like four way tag matches or multi we had to do a couple different multi person matches just to kind of uh, get everybody in our roster in a match for there. So I think uh, 30 was a good number. Dude, I went back and looked at my roster a week. <laughs> I was like so happy with my roster until I realized, wow. Get the Undertaker rolling like down I said, WrestleMania my... weekend here. Damn. Yeah, I forgot to say we have a special guest tonight rolling in. <laughs> the dead man. Rest in peace. So, let's talk about that real that fast. See you later, dead man. Okay, what's up? Did you see like yeah, the whole quick. today spot of Commander, like a lot of the discourse on Commander's uh jump rope, like not jump rope spot, like jumping on the ropes. Uh you know how he kind of like straddles it and then stands, straddles like just does yes. like shows off that he has the the like a lot of people hating that of what he did mm-hmm. last night. Like I love mm-hmm. Dr. George. Someone please tell me what's the difference between that and the Undertaker. Shawn Michaels staring up at Undertaker for 30 seconds as he's climbing the ropes and Shawn Michaels not doing anything. What? Why come? Where's there's no hatred there? It's like because you've watched mm-hmm. that since you were eight years old. This is like new person, so you're gonna hate on it. Like I, I didn't like that at all. It's like I, I used to see that as a distraction, Commander, because using that, like, hey, am I gonna jump? No, I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump. No, I'm not gonna. Like you could easily play that off, like 
kayfabe wise in wrestling where with the undertaker he's just walking across and you're standing there holding his arm like i know jay white kind of did the same thing to commander and when they do those spots that's what you're doing but at least he's kind of adding some stuff to it where it's very distracting to the person that he's about to attack i think okay uh easily like wrapping it up in a nutshell i would say whatever it is they're both guilty of the same thing yeah that's that's the start that's the start then the second thing i would deduct is that one's doing it more than the other and then um we have to accept that if they're both doing it we have to realize that any sort of realism is primarily out the window so we have to assume you know right out the gate you can't think that someone's going to sit there and hold your hand while you walk yeah you know what they're going to do if they're holding your hand they're going to pull your ass they're going to pull you right off that fuck, or they'll push you off the rope. Yeah, that's why I was like, you know? I, I kind of agree with Joey when he said, like, hey, like, what's the, like, as you said, what's the difference? They're both the same. If you're going to hate one, you got to hate the other. Yes. You can't. It's just hate a matter of like degree. One. Yeah. What he's doing in the ring, Commander, what Commander's doing in the ring is what Undertaker wish he would have thought of or been able to do at his time, because if he did, he would have fucking done it. Yeah. He would have done it. So. The other thing I'm thinking of is this might be a Shawn Michaels type situation where now that everybody's doing the super kick, Shawn Michaels super kick, when you look back, won't look as strong and, you know, it won't have as much impact historically if you go, well, not historically, but it won't have as much impact if you watch it, you know? So that's why there was a little bit of that issue with the Kukamonga kids yeah. doing it. I had to say but they, I, Somebody came out too. It's like, why do they slap their leg? I'm like, because you don't know when you punch your leg at that same exact time, you're exerting all that energy through that muscle to cause it to spasm, to get the stronger <laughs> kick. Like, that's how I've always like kind of like laughingly joked around that whole thing. But like someone else had that same same thought. I'm like, oh, man, like that's my thought I have there. But I, as you said, you just got to kind of go away from the realism. Like that's what was annoying me when I saw you that this to. morning. I was like, get Commander, like, my kid. I hate when they shit on those people for no reason. Like, just because they're doing shit you've never seen before, don't discredit it because your favorites couldn't do it back in the day. Well, now, to be fair, the people that were performing in the 50s and 60s absolutely hated 80s wrestling. Oh, yeah, that's it. You yeah. see? But because there was no internet for that shit to be posted, you only heard about that through a dirt sheet, possibly, or it was all behind the scenes amongst the boys. Yeah. You know? Oh my God, what's, you know, such and such is bitching. You know, um, Gagne, one of the most vanilla conservative wrestlers that had a very conservative company. He was one of the last ones to ever change to the WWF style. And they were always running counter to the WWF. And I'm sure a hundred percent that he was complaining about some of the loud Hollywood style things that were going on in the WWF, the WWF in the eighties. So someone has always complained. Everyone has thought that the way they did it in their generation was the best. That's just how, you know, I always think that eighties toys are awesome, but that's because I grew up in the eighties and played with them. So there's that nostalgia factor that always comes into play. I'm not, I'm going on a branch here, but, um, I, there's some interesting lines that every company has to draw when it comes to where they stop with their entertainment, because you know that AEW are doing some things that they, uh, they won't do on WWE. And there are things that GCW does that AEW won't do as long as the performers are put into the appropriate company so that they can do what they need to do. And then the fan knows what kind of cheeseburger they're buying. I think it makes it a lot easier. So 
anyway, wow, I did branch off. <laughs> Coming back to what I was saying, though, is that they're both equally wrong, if you want to call it wrong. It's just a matter that Commander's doing it more and to a better degree. Um, wrestling as a whole, to me, seems to be going more towards the acrobatic style because it's more... Um, it's just more exciting to watch. The problem is there needs to be a fix somewhere in how to grab the younger demographics, especially on the independent scene. There's a lot of stuff on the independent scene that doesn't really draw children. If you watch a GCW show, last three, three GCW shows, was there a performer that was dedicated to entertaining the kids who were there? I mean, maybe Psycho Clown? Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, when we look over the demographics, see, I'm going too far again, but when we look over the demographics and they're our age, you know, and you have to pull in those younger kids or your demographics just going to get older and older and older. That's something that I'd like to see GCW maybe focus on and at some point maybe have um, a section where there's something fun for kids that's not cheesy, but fun. You know, that kids who like to watch deathmatch wrestling would still find fucking cool. Yeah. I'd like to know what that is. But on the independent scene, if someone could really get that kid demographic, which it seems like no one on the independent scene seems to try to get, they would maybe make some money. Yeah. That, that... Kylie, Kylie Ray did an okay job with the whole happy smile thing. If she did it right, she would have been totally for kids constantly. But the way her character is, I actually love better. I was about to say, yeah, I kind of like her. Descent into the evil. Exactly. Whichever she gets yeah. evil, I really enjoy that because like her whole demeanor changes and she got like really good facial reactions and shit talking <laughs> to the fans whenever that does happen. Well, what I just did was what I think it was Vince McMahon calls. You ask me a question and I tell you how. Wait, what was it? I ask you for the time and you tell me how a wristwatch is made. That's what I just did to you. Like you asked me a simple question and yeah. So expand upon this a little bit more with me because I'm kind of interested. So what, who was complaining or just the wrestling community? I saw like, Oh, like, okay. And like, Bam. well, just in general. Yeah. They were like, even like a clip was coming around from the fucking collective two weeks ago. A clip was just coming around of, uh, Yoshi Iku and Mao. Um, and I think it was during the DDT show or DDT versus GCW show. And, like uh, wrestling's dead and they're like well oh, hopefully no one tells them that the undertaker really isn't dead hopefully no one tells them that doink wasn't really a clown hopefully no one breaks that fourth wall for you where you can't you think of the realism and can't open your mind and understand what you're re watching is wrestling which is a art form or not realistic even though they do as best they can to get rid of them there's just it's just as we've kind of learned to start saying it's not for us like that spot's not for you but fucking the crowd there Loved it. Yoshiku was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Like We all loved the damn doll. It was awesome. The wrestlers, Cole Radrick had a great main event that we're going to cover hopefully yeah. in one of these shows coming up about with the, with the dolls. Like, I think it goes more on like the performers. Really the spotlight's on you. There's no one else that you can blame on that missed a spot or did this. It's like, it all comes down to you and the way they move that doll around. It's really realistic. Like the, it's funny that they, they showed a uh, mouth like swinging, Yoshiko around his head three different times where like if you imagine like commander swinging around Shane Mercer the body's going to move just like that so I really think it's like a good way to train wrestlers wrestling with that doll to make it look realistic and to practice moves and to get the crowd invested in it even though they're invested into you not really the doll I thought that was a really cool uh 
thing that I know someone else wrote, and I kind of had this a similar opinion. I just think it's, and this happened earlier in the week too. That's why I was like, man, why are they people bringing up old stuff and then now commander stuff? Right. Like, just enjoy it and realize it's not for you. If you don't like it, it's so dead to you. Good, get out of here. Leave it for all of us that it's not dead to and enjoy it. So this was part of that hazy night when Cole was at the house here. He was telling me that he always it always bugs him because a lot of fans think it's a blow up doll. So he says, what it is if it's a training doll like you would use for wrestling or UFC kind of, you know, I mean, MMA kind of thing. And then they put a blow up doll's face and sewn it into the. And I guess a lot of people really didn't know that until, you know, they really look into it. A lot of people thought that he was wrestling a blow up doll. I'm yeah. Like, no, no, it's like a sock puppet kind of thing. Um, I don't know how many years that that Yoshihiko is tagged in now, but there's a lot of years with that doll. Like it would be really, really interesting if that doll carries 40, 50, 60, 70 years. Really? It could happen. It would really be the dead man character. Well, I mean, just seriously, <laughs> if you think about it, this thing, this doll would have seen all over the world, done so many things. It's not even real, but it would have a persona. Like that thing would kind of be alive. But I think it's like Impressive. what you said, the training doll. Like that's what it, like I think it's a perfect training tool for wrestlers to. Sit there and practice because all the eyes are on you. Like, if the fan's not into it, guess what? You have no one to blame other than yourself. You need to do better. I know it takes two to tango, they always say, but obviously with that doll, it's a really a good training way. It's like, you, if you get yourself over, you're at least going to get the crowd invested into the match no matter what the other person did, even if it's a fucking doll, like literally a broomstick out there. You're having a decent match for shows like you really, like, you can really get the crowd invested into your matches whether it's a doll or a five-star wrestler, Kenny Omega, whatever. Kenny Omega's even had matches with that damn doll. Like, as you said, that doll's been all over the place, and I think it's I think it's a really good, like, training tool. That's why I was, when I was watching that Cole match, I thought, like, I, I, I didn't feel bad for Cole, but I'm like, wow, the spotlight's all on you, and, like, this is your moment to go out there and kill it in the main event or sink, or sink. and, like, it's a great way to step up and show that, hey, you deserve to be in that main event spot. And you just had a great match against nobody. Imagine if you had a competent wrestler in there, how, great, how much greater that match would be. Okay. So also part of that hazy evening, I remember one of the first questions I asked him was, we need to talk about you finding out that you had to wrestle the doll and how much planning went into a, off the top of my head, it was like close to 20 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. It was a main event. Yeah, I the said, main no event was stress. the big one. No stress. How did you do it, bud? And then he started talking to me about how he had to sit there and his biggest difficulty was actually teaching, I think it was Davy Bang. Yeah. Teaching Davy Bang how to hold the doll, he said, because Davy really hadn't seen much of Yoshihiko before. So he said he was back there, like showing Davy how to hold the doll and what to do. Again, it might have been the other Bang brother. I'm not sure, but um, it was just so funny. So he said a lot of the planning was actually just getting him to know how to use and hold the doll and what to do with the doll so that Cole could do what he needed to do. Then they had to coordinate some spots like how he throws the doll from the ground into the ring and it turns into the destroyer. Yep. Those things take time and planning. So, yeah, he had a little time to plan, and I told him, considering what he had going on, he did a fantastic job, and it was I told him it was a lot of stress doing that in the main event, and he said, it's wrestling, man. <laughs> not not a direct quote, yeah. but pretty close to, hey, man, it's, it is what it is. That yeah. was the main event that night. I just, like, wish all these Discord, like, would, 
like if you don't like it, you don't like it. Like I just hate how it turned into a big old talking point on wrestling Twitter nowadays. Okay, good point there. Not liking a wrestler doesn't mean you hate them. Not liking a wrestler just means you're not engaged with them as an entertainment. Yeah. The, the weird tribalism and this and that, people do that about everything. Butter versus margarine, shoe sizes, shirt sizes, cornhole, football. It's all the same. It's natural, it seems, that this kind of bullshit goes on, and it's unfortunate. And that's why I think we've always said it is like everybody's a fan. We're all fans. And all that taking it shit serious, that usually has nothing to do with wrestling. That just has a lot to do with that person. Fortunately, they have a platform like Facebook, Twitter, all the rest of us have. So we get to hear it more often. But um, yeah, what's funny is half of these people that don't get along with each other online, if they didn't know each other from online and were neighbors, they'd be best friends. They'd be watching wrestling in each other's houses every weekend. So the internet's kind of made us a little cocky and shitty with <laughs> right? each other. <laughs> honestly, like I said, if most of our, like if I just had two neighbors, like some of the people I know on Twitter, I'd be in heaven with having people over and barbecues and you know it kind of thing yeah just chill yeah that's a, like the tribalism as you said that was a perfect word like just i don't know enjoy what you want let other people enjoy what you want our fifth matchup of the evening is a six-person tag team match as team thrussy alley catch dark chic and effie go against the second gear crew of one called manders and mance warner and uh filling in for an injured matthew justice was a Different boy, Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, Justice was had it back out. He hurt his hand, uh, I think, during WrestleMania weekend. I'm not sure, during the collective weekend. Um, but hopefully he gets well. I think uh, he said that was the first time he's been injured wrestling at all the high dives and all the yeah. shit he's done. That's the first time he's got hurt. Uh, sucks, but it's pretty crazy. Um, but hopefully he'll be uh, back wrestling soon. And I actually enjoyed Jimmy Lloyd being inserted in this match. I don't have much to say about this match. I'm here's kind of kind of be me being heel here. I just feel like this match has kind of been overdone these last few like not months. Like I'd say the last half year, we've seen this matchup four, five, six times. Like it's it, it felt, we've reported it. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> this one like not like not it wasn't a bad match. I just I just wasn't into it this many times after such a short span and yes they throw in different members of sgc yes it's a tag team and not a six person but i just feel like the same combination of wrestlers we've seen in a match against each other uh quite often and when i was kind of looking it up it seemed like a, these uh, these four or five of these uh wrestlers wrestled in like tag matches against each other a lot over these last few months um it was fun. It was a fun SGC match. Typical craziness all over the place. Doors, chairs, CTE spots. <laughs> it seemed it seemed to have it all. Um, nothing taken against. I just wasn't. <laughs> CTE spots. Yeah, right. Is that what you I, said? I had to throw that in there for justice. Uh, I think Jimmy Lloyd took like a, a, like a chair shot and put his hand up. And I, I immediately thought like, oh, that was his tribute to Matthew Justice by not getting the hand yeah. up. In the spirit of right, like the big thing for me in this match was it was kind of cool seeing Jimmy Lloyd like uh being put into this match. I'm not just saying that because like in a sarcastic way, I really think Jimmy Lloyd's one of these ones ever since his big feud uh with G Raver kind of taking a back seat and not really done much. And I I kind of miss these death match, the crazy hardcore, crazy Jimmy Lloyd matches, and uh 
I just I would like to see a little bit more from him and him being thrown in SGC to fill in for Justice. I'm fine with that. I don't mind that at all. I thought it was pretty cool seeing him in there as it kind of feels like SGC is like the OGs of the GCW. Like, hey, we're the ones that like you got to run the town. We're in charge here. And I think Jimmy Lloyd fit in quite well with the the second gear crew. And it was it was a good, fun match. A lot of fun, like fun stuff going on. But I just kind of felt a little uh, viewer fatigue watching these same competitors go at it again interesting just we'll get well we we we'll we touched on that i won't go too far into it but you're right we have um we have reviewed some sort of we've we've reviewed this match like three four times roughly yeah interesting so it's just a matter of who's there that night you know what i mean yeah how it is i'm not saying it's not fun like i said this was a fun match i don't really just felt like an sgc match i don't really have much to say other than right the typical spots that always kind of seem to happen nothing seemed to be out of the norm it just was a fun safe and crazy match like it like fun safe in the way they booked this match to be a positive for the like to please the viewers please the fans and yeah yeah yeah. it it was still enjoyable i just like i said i don't know i just felt a little fatigued with it i didn't i didn't really take much notes of it it just felt like a crazy sgc match so i'll let you do the heavy lifting on this one yeah yeah no no problem no problem i got some notes on this one this was this was kind of fun um you're right like i said we've seen it i won't go over it more than the twice that i already did so thrussy was out first then we had sgc out second with jimmy lloyd the party has basically arrived in my eyes why can't they be the second beer crew? I'm just wondering. It's an idea. It's it's so close to the name. It's so damn close. Anyway, so it starts with a three versus three slugfest. Thrussy had a few combos that came off as close to like team moves. Just as the doors start pouring out from underneath the ring, we end up getting our patented SGC split screen. Okay, so a couple spots in this one before I go any further. Epi ate a Sabu-style thrown door for Manders. SGC gangs up on Allie, and she gets put through a door. Epi with a nice double blockbuster. Epi then cleaning house later on in the match. Sheik jumps off a chair, lands in Manders' arms, and both fell off the mat and threw a table on the floor. So then I'll just go ahead to the ending real quick. Epi holds Mance on the top rope. Allie then puts Mance on her shoulders. Then Epi hits an under-the-rainbow on Manser through a door that was below. Lloyd comes in the ring. Allie hits a huge pile driver on Lloyd. Allie then a baseball slide to Manders. Effie and Sheik take turns jumping off the top ropes. Basically, Sheik has a quick roll-up then on Lloyd for the win. Our winners in this one was Thrussy. To me, it was a mix of violence and some fun. Everybody was happy with the outcome. Again, I don't think anyone would have been happy with either team winning. Like, Either way, they were happy. So, what you thinking? No, I like you said the, the mix of uh, entertaining and or fun and violence. I think was perfect. Like, I I don't want to me saying that like, I've seen this match a lot to take away from this match. It was crazy. It was SGC table spots, doors, uh, the violence. You just said was there. Um, it's I, a known crowd pleaser. Is the way to put. it. Yeah, like I said, I think it was a safe booking way to have a fun and entertaining. Uh, it's not really a death match, but a, an extreme style match. I, I I don't know. Maybe it's just I think I want to see more from uh, Mance Warner, kind of in a singles way. Like I want to see like more just a story with him and kind of going after the world title or extreme title. I want to see more of a I guess singles Mance Warner because he had a lot of steam and I think it just kind of tailed off for a lot in my opinion. And um, 
I mean, it is always so cool seeing SGC, seeing the split screen and the craziness. I just, I think Mance Warner could do some fun stuff for maybe like turning on SGC or so. I know, I don't know. I'm, I'm playing Booker, but I just, I try to defend, or not defend, but explain why I just feel like this match has been overdone. But I think Effie could even be in the same, Effie and Mance Warner, I think, should be doing a lot more stuff as singles competitors and having a lot, a lot of, uh, fun and entertaining matches and possibly big stories and have a bigger impact on GCW shows other than just kind of the six person tags and causing chaos, but that's SGC. So I'm not, I don't want to hate on it too much, but that's just my opinion. Just for fun. I'll give you my last thought on this one. I think it would be very interesting to see Nick Gage keep his MDK gang and bring in SGC as new members. So you'd have SGC, you'd have Maki Ito, and then you'd have Nick Gage. It's a very interesting group. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They're, it's like the ass kicker. I actually yeah, kind of would like know. to see Mance Warner turn on everybody and go after Nick uh-huh. Gage. Like if Nick Gage won the belt, like have him, oh, oh carrying him on the yeah. shoulders and like, uh, fuck you guys. It's my turn now. And like, I'm, I've done enough with you guys. I'm, I'm, I need to be my own man, my own. Dude, Mance can fucking I don't go. know. Yeah. That's what I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I just want to see more singles Mance uh, with some bigger high profile matchups and, Going for some sort of titles uh, here and there. Our sixth matchup of the evening is a tag team match. As as we talked about, the Bang Bros, August Matthews and Davey Bang, go against the team of Jake Lander and KLD, which was Kevin Lee Davidson. I missed that part. I was trying to figure out what KLD was without going back and <laughs> rewinding uh, back to the beginning of the match. Like during the middle of the match, I'm like, what, what does KLD stand for? I forgot. It's on the back of his his, his thing. His name? That just <laughs> yeah. told him. Okay, mate. That shows yeah. me I kind of zoned out here after uh, after the and intermission. I might be wrong. I might be wrong too. Fuck it. Check uh, me. I like just, saying that anymore. I'm like, you know, you just no, um, man, me I here. believe the, I know. Right? <laughs> I think the name was actually straight down his back from like his neck to his, to like the small of his back. I believe it had his name on it. Oh, okay. D- double check, double check. Okay. I, so he was a big dude though. I, I, yeah, I was like, I was shocked to see him out there with Jake Lander. <laughs> that was like kind of contrast of uh sizes there. So there's going to be some interesting little things I'm going to mention in this match. So, I will say, though, first off, the Bang Bros, they are hard workers. I'm looking forward to seeing them again. We spoke about it before. We'll just, you know, I'll just hit on it real quick. This last year, the Bang Bros have been just turning in some fantastic work. The improvement has been exponential. Whatever they've been doing out there, I hope they continue to do it because it's working. They're stepping up. They're putting in, I don't know, whatever they're doing, it's working. Keep fucking doing it. Jake Lander and KLD, they look like they could be a, like they could have a really fun match. I'm guessing Lander gets thrown. Like that was my first initial. I'm like, <laughs> he's going to throw that dude. And um, also during this match, I seen a ratty daddy rope move out there that was put on by Davey Bang. And that was really cool to see. Now I'll tell you a little bit about that. They all get along. Cole gets along really good with the Bang Bros. So I have a feeling maybe that's something he's letting him use. I'm not 100% sure. I wouldn't mind seeing Cole kind of do six person tag team with them. I think he would fit in with the Bang Bros. Yes. Like stylistically, I'm, I'm I, I definitely that like motherfucker. that one. I'm going to see if maybe they could do something with that because. Them versus SGC next show. I just, <laughs> they would work well together. I think I so think too. That would be really interesting. I was also happy with KLD's agility. 
for his size, it was pretty good. I also noticed that Nick Gage was up his ass the whole match. If you listen to commentary, Gage is all over KLD about different things. One of the things I remember was how he um, how he wraps up a guy for a pin. He said it was kind of lazy or whatnot. So, but uh, yeah, Lander he uh, had this awesome delayed suplex. He gets slammed down one handed. There's another spot where KLD hit this huge northern lariat. And then there was another spot where August Matthews, he, he hit like this twisting inverted DDT. I've never seen it before. And I literally put together those words myself because I don't know exactly what else to call it. The Bang Bros take over at around minute eight and the crowd really starts to come alive at that point. That's where I put in my notes here that Lander is deceptively strong. I think you even seen that too. It's like a Myron Reed situation where you're like, that guy can't, oh yes, he can pick him up over his head. Uh, another spot where KLD hit a huge shoulder tackle. Gage said it looked like he knocked the soul out of August. But in the end, the Bang Brothers ended up winning this thing. They hit a ride the bus into Lander. Then August hit a 450 splash for three. So that was, I'll, I'll say it for you, fun and exciting. This is a fun, exciting match. Good pace. I really didn't have time to look away. I was happy that they made it this way. This was a match for young guys. And I really liked it. You could tell it was just a young guy's pace. And um, I haven't seen a bad Bang Bros match. No, I haven't seen either late, as of late. Yeah. Um, like, Lander and KLD surprised me. Like I said, I, I knew Lander. I'd never heard of KLD. And like I totally missed, like you said, his name on his pants. I see it now. Um, But I... They were good. I, 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 uh, KLD kind of reminded me of a little bit of Viscera back in the day. Like when he, he kind of did the, the rolling, like leg kick, the, the heel kick, like he, yeah. like how Viscera did. Like I really, because Viscera was a very mobile man too, even for a man his size and he kept on growing and growing. I felt a lot like, uh, KLD reminded me of Viscera during this match and I, I was impressed. I did like the, I always kind of, I've always said this, I like the thunder and lightning kind of tag teams, like the big muscle hoss with the speed for high flyer. I love these kind of tag teams. Not that Jake Lander's a high flyer. He's kind of a hoss, like a mini hoss himself, but um, I, I did like that team. They were, they were good. And as you said, the Bang Bros definitely connected on another crazy match. Um, I forgot what part during the match that there was, though. Like the one spot that really stuck out to me, uh, I know the, the Bang Bros, I think, were about to do the, the ride the bus. And Lander caught mm-hmm. caught him with a knee. Holy shit! That was like I I, I know you said knock the soul out, but I knew it wasn't that spot. But man, I, like I that knee shot was brutal. I I was my spot of the night for that one or for this match because I've never seen the the ride the bus really countered. Like yeah, you could counter that spear into the DDT into anything else, but the perfect timing on Lander's knee was great. I loved it. So maybe Jake Lander versus the Octopus. Between the size and the build? The size and build, yeah. I don't think Jake's anywhere in that league of... Uh, oh, no, no, no. But he's talent, capable though. He's capable enough that he could put on a decent match and still be picked up by someone like him. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And Lander could do... like uh, He had a, a couple fun spots with um, Shane Mercer back at the, um, the Grab the Brass Ring match at the Art of War Games two years ago. Like They kind of did a cool little spot there where... Lander's trying to, uh, Mercer's, I think, was holding on to Dante Leon, and then Lander's got Ninja Mac, and they're both, like, doing the same moves, but, like, one-upping each other kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. I, do, I do like Jake Lander when he's in that kind of strongman role. That will lead us into our seventh matchup of the evening. 
as Masha Slamovich defends the GCW world title against Ratty Daddy Cole Radic and I'm glad Cole got this match. Uh, I said a couple shows ago, I think right before the collective, it feels like Cole was kind of trying to find a sweet spot, trying to find his rhythm again. And after losing the extreme title and kind of get back on the map with the world title scene. And he did have a match against Nick Gage. And I was kind of shocked to see him get it so fast after that last title match. Cause I just feel like there's a lot more other talent out there that could have gotten it since, since he just had it in the last few months. Um, I think there would be a couple like Vance. I go Vance uh, Warner's one of them. I think should have maybe got a title shot before Cole gets a second one against a different competitor, um, just based off of wins and losses that Cole's had to heading into these uh, these shows. But I was glad to see Cole get a, another crack at the world title, and this was a fun matchup. I was wondering how crazy death match it would get with these two because Masha can do it when she needs to and wants to, and Cole has shown that. Same thing when it's time to get deathmatch, he gets real uh into it. And I was really I was ready for like a just a brawl and a war with these two. And this was a nice and strong style match. I really liked how they were really laying their shots in with each other. And um Masha kinda as a champion here, once again, uh still trying to find, I guess, an identity as a champion and as as what I kind of thought during this match. So um we'll go into that one right now. She's going to have to get on the mic to establish her persona, her identity. A champion needs to get on the mic and tell people who they are and what they're about. They cannot speak through the video packages. They need to get on a microphone live and say, here's who the fuck I am. Here's what I'm about. I'm going to do this tonight. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. See you in the vein event, motherfuckers. Boom. Out you go. Like Nick Gage. And she could but keep it Nick short. Doing it. Yeah, and she could keep it short and sweet just like that. Like when she confronted Nick Gage in LA with the show that we were at, it was short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm coming for that belt, motherfucker. Like, boom, done. That's it. Yep. And like I think she is kind of a uh, the strong, badass kind of character that she's portraying. I think that's perfect. You don't want her to get overexposed on the mic and stuff like that. Just keep it short and sweet, send that message and boom, now you got a feud or a reason why she's gonna uh, beat someone's ass like Cole was super serious too that's the one thing I really loved at the beginning of this match is mm-hmm. there was no playing around he was staring her down like like looking down at her at the under the introductions like I really loved the serious Cole, Cole Radrick during this match because it plays into hey like you are getting a second chance at this don't fuck it up and he took it seriously and I really enjoyed that part of the story turned to storytelling during this match. And there's a couple other things too. I'll, I'll go over. I thought was cool storytelling uh, after you kind of go over your view. Cause I think you'll mention uh, probably some of them here and I could, we could talk about it there, but I thought there was a lot of storytelling throughout this match on a lot of different ways. And I enjoyed it because of all that stuff. Well, yeah, right off the bat. First note was Cole is very motivated to win the belt. That's really the way to be. I think in this one, because that's what you saw in that seriousness that you were mentioning. To me, it came off as motivation. He really wanted that damn thing. It's been a while since he's had a crack at it. He's itchy for it. You know how it is. So it also did seem very dark because not only was the average happy Cole not so happy tonight, but Masha, she was also dressed in all black. She looked very confident in herself, but yeah, even Masha had on all black. She was dark. We had Masha's going to kill you chance from the crowd. Fans are favoring Ratty if you go by your cheers in the very beginning of this match, and they kind of change as we go throughout. Max Recon was in control of this match. 
he did a damn good job. I just kind of wanted to mention him for a minute because he got a hold of us the other day and he's nice as can be. Or no, um, yeah, yeah. I'll BS with you sometime. Um, yeah. So uh Masha has a good pace, staying active. She was always attacking throughout the match. There was a nice fight outside about halfway through. Masha and Ratty primarily end up having a street fight out there. Uh, Cole with a great bottom rope stunner. I always love when he does that move. This execution, it looked really good. Out comes Blake with a chair. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. He's going to interfere in this match somewhere. And I'm thinking, well, this is maybe where Masha loses that belt. you know. And then I realize he's also got the brass ring situation there. So he can kind of cash in, can he? Yeah, and I think it was yeah. either during this match or the next match, too. I think he kind of made a mention, like, hey, but assholes like I was promised a ring. Where's my ring at? Like I'm the brass ring holder here. I, should have uh-huh. a ring. I like that kind of healer's move from him as well. It'd be funny if they can get him a ring, but it's one of those cheap ones that turns his skin green. Damn, I was gonna say I hope it leaves a green mark on his finger. <laughs> well, again, we're in the same, you know, the same wavelength tonight, I guess. But yeah, once once Blake came out with the chair, I'm thinking, okay, we, we got some fuckery going on. But uh he puts the chair on the stage. And he ends up watching the show and it temporarily distracts Masha. You could see that it was really, it was really bugging her that he was even in the building, let alone sitting on the stage, watching her from 30 feet away. Masha eventually brings in this large pizza glass and a glass bridge is built. Maybe about a minute or so later, Masha goes through it. <laughs> so uh, a little, a little later on, we're talking about the 13 minute mark. Masha has an air raid crash into a foot stomp into the glass. She basically stomped Cole's face into the glass. When she goes to pick up Cole and make him tap out, Cole was completely out. So our winner and the one who re- I didn't even say it right, but our winner and still champion Masha Slamovich. Oh. Masha basically stares down Blake from the ring. Blake comes down to the ring, acts like he's going to get in the ring and then leaves. Total heel move. We got some pussy chance out of it, too, which is kind of funny. Yeah, and Nick Gage, uh, being on commentary, that was a nice little wrinkle as Masha yes. Nick Gage on commentary, and that's a nice, like, hey, maybe Nick Gage is still uh, game planning and scouting, and when he's going to challenge Masha for the belt and stuff like that. I did enjoy him being on commentary for this match. Um, the little storytelling here I liked it was that she used Lil Sebastian's curse on Cole Radrick. And then yeah. that's what turned into the face stomp and or the grave stomp. And that was right in front of Blake. And I thought that was perfect. Like, awesome. Like, hey, I'm going to beat your ass with your own move here. Like, be careful of it. And I thought the same thing, too. I was like, I well, I didn't think Blake was going to cash him. But I was like, OK, they're going to start doing these teases. And I'm all for that kind of shit. Because as we said, you just never know when it's going to happen. And uh, I'm glad. I think that's going to make him even more heal. <laughs> or more get more booze than typical than is than he's typically been getting lately and Cole being knocked out from the grave stomp. I, I loved it. I loved that actually this match was fun. Yes. It was good. I was expecting and hoping for a little bit more violence, but as we kind of uh talked about like the the venue and stuff like that, they kind of probably let it happen for one match and that will be later on in the main event. Um but no I think this was a good title match for Masha and we kind of finally got a clean victory from Masha as we talked about as champion we don't want her whole title run to be tainted by run-ins and distractions and all this other stuff this was a yeah pretty much a clean win because 
Blake was out there to distract her, not Cole. So I enjoyed that part. It was, uh, I think that's going to help Elevator here um, with the fans. And like, as you said, that's one thing we were kind of hoping for or asking for during this title run is don't have it be tainted by a bunch of run-ins and kind of show that she needed a bunch of help to win. This was really her victory over uh, Speedball, too, was a straight victory. But this was another for her third or fourth title defense. Uh, the cleanest, I think, of out, of out of all of them. That will lead us into our eighth matchup of the evening as it was supposed to be a three-on-three -three, uh, trios match, but it ended up turning into two people. Oh, my God. Who was the other one? I totally forgot who was the other one supposed to be in there on Team You know, Bingo. I'll be honest with you. I don't I know. Mind right now. Uh, I honestly couldn't, they arrest, couldn't arrest. find one person. Yeah. They couldn't find one person. That's that. But I kind of made, made a note of know. that was a little disappointing. Like, you could have just thrown somebody in there to call local. Like, hey, somebody come fill in. But uh, yeah, like, like, um, put Lauderdale in some trunks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Put him out there. Let him have some fun. No, I don't know. But this and with the tornado completely too. turned on its head because I, it just. Sorry. Did you announce it completely? No, nope, that's what I was going to. Yeah, I was okay. going to. Okay, I, I'm holding myself back until we go into that. Okay, so it was supposed to be uh, three on three, but end up being a handicap match three on two as the team of Injustice Express which is the East-West Express, Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne. Uh, adding on Myron Reed, Jordan Oliver's former tag partner of Injustice and MLW. This is another reason why I really was wanting to see a lot more of Myron Reed because that's where I became from familiar with him killing it in MLW. And they're going against a team of Gringo Loco and Commander. But yes, Arez was supposed to be the third person. I, I don't know why I slipped my head. I, because of the tornado, they had travel issues. So... Just end up being a three-on-two handicap match, which kind of I did get a little dampered on it, but I was still expecting pretty fun and an entertaining match. And uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Myron Reed, this fits right in. I, I cannot say it enough. He needs to become GCW regular. I think this match and then the following night against Mike Christian, he's shown he belongs uh, to be a regular, and I hope that stays. But it was nice seeing Jordan and him tagging again. I, I really enjoyed that. And I know one of your comments at the end uh, is going to become a talking point uh, as we go over the review of this match. Okay, yeah. So I noticed in this match there were Lucha rules. They made sure that they said there were Lucha rules, but everyone is basically following the tag rules in the beginning. I was... Really expecting someone to still come out to be the third wrestler for Gringo's team, like maybe a surprise. Yep, so was I. There, I really could have sworn someone could have come out to do it, or maybe I'm thinking back at a match with Myron Reed, and so you could have had two v two because Myron Reed looked. I love the dude. He looked like an extra out there because there was no third odd, man yeah. on the other side. Yep. It looked odd, and then from a psychology perspective. You have the faces outnumbering the heels. Yep. So there's really no way for the faces to look like good guys when they're just ganging up on two bad guys. And if they win, they don't look strong and it doesn't look like much of a win for them either. All the good guys did was gang up on some people like bad guys would. So it kind of it's it's an interesting little little thing there. And I, I'm going to blame um, that one on the weather like after thinking Absolutely. about it and stuff like I, I was the same way though i was like at the beginning I'm like you can't find anybody else but now 
uh, we're talking about like, okay, yeah, there w- we did talk about all the weather issues there and probably to get someone in at the last minute. And they're probably still maybe hoping for our res to show up and maybe that's why this match was maybe pushed maybe later. Who knows? I don't know when right. this match was supposed to be, but maybe they tried pushing it back as much as possible to give our res time and they were still very hopeful for it. But yeah. I kind of agree with you. I did feel a little uh, like a third person was... Like the third wheel, Myron Reed, a little bit. I, I, actually, I don't want to even say Myron Reed was the third wheel. I think he just was just because of the teaming of the Injustice or East West Express. I was thinking maybe, man, Gringo could have jumped Jordan or Nick to kind of maybe set up like even Jordan. If you set up Jordan, then hey, maybe that sets up a future future JCW title match and it becomes a straight tag team or a tag team match this match. Or if they go after Nick Wayne, now you still got the team of uh, Injustice still going. And then now Nick Wayne's just out and missing this match. I think there could have been something like a little backstage fuckery. But like we never really see like a backstage incident. Like maybe like that could have been a perfect time to like show Nick Wayne like and Gringo getting jumped on or somebody. I don't know. So a back backstage style. Yeah, I would have had here. Here's some fun. Let's just assume that we're gonna see Myron Reed again. We could have said that Ares couldn't have made it. Then Myron gets attacked backstage. He can't make it out. Now it's two v two. Yeah. And then we go, okay, there needs to be a rematch. RS needs to be out here. We need to have a true 3v3. Everybody anticipated this, blah, blah, blah. And then RS can't make it again. And all of a sudden, Myron Reed gets injured again. Then we start to realize, ah, RS was there the whole time and he was, you know, trying to injure and blah, blah, blah. That's one way. The other way I would have wrote it was maybe whoever Myron Reed may be fucking with down the road, like Mason or whatnot, you're thinking, go for it. Like, that's where I was going. Blake it was his neck. The next night, he went one on one against Blake Christian, and like play into Blake Christian yeah. being mad that Masha won, and maybe got his cash in ruined, and then go backstage and took it out on the first person he saw, and it's Myron Reed, and then boom. Now that leads into the next night. They're going against each other one on one, and now you got. Okay, I got you. You got an intensity and a reason why this match is going to be pretty fucking nuts because Blake ruined Myron Reed's GCW debut. I don't know. That's a, that was just my off the top of head thinking. Yeah, I'd say originally make it a 3v2. You also could have had Myron be a manager kind of thing because there wasn't whatever. Yeah. Say, you know what, Myron? Now, the other thing would have been 3v2, and then Myron's the first one out, and he gets attacked by Blake. And yeah. He's pretty much incapacitated, quote unquote, for the longest time until maybe the end. Yeah, I, that, I, that's another way to go around it, too. But yeah, so... Yeah, but I feel like they all needed to get their paychecks. They all needed that's to work exactly that what night, I was about and to that's say. fair. And, you know, from our perspective, we're like, you know, this and this and this. But, I mean, they may do with what they had. Yeah, and it was um, fun. This was a yeah. fun matchup. I, I took, a, like, not too many notes, but a lot of the one-on-one encounters during this match was fucking incredible. Like, Gringo versus yeah. Myron, give me that match next at some point because those two killed it going against each other in this match. And... Commander, Commander, exactly. Commander would be awesome too. Like, I think there's a lot of fun stuff that still happened during this match, but kind of teased of what Myron Reed could uh, add into being in the GCW roster and kind of line up for the next few shows. So, Commander is so fucking quick. He's like a one man show. I had to write it down. I had to say it out loud because I just notice it every time he gets in the ring, and I just—it's automatic excitement. I love to see him. I'm happy to see him. He's so much of a hero to me and a face to me that when I see him come out in white and silver, I'm like, God, he got his own so song. Funny. Did you hear the fans singing like the song? 
like uh, I, yeah commander. exactly yeah. I, I wrote that in my notes like that was so cool seeing him like he was all pumped and for it and too and like walking the ropes just because he's so dude, excited he totally he, dude he totally like fanned out just for exactly like, like i loved it he's like oh, <laughs> that's that's totally that was totally cool that was that was fan style he's like i gotta give the people what they want exactly i i enjoyed that part so yeah i'll take out the whole psychology thing past what we've mentioned already but yeah looking at it from a booking perspective if that were done on purpose i'd be hard as shit on it but given the fact that everybody needs to earn their money and everybody went out there and did a damn good job then i have to say that that's exactly what they did i wish there was one more person they could have even turned it into a scramble and just acknowledged that it was hard to do anything else they could have put a third person in and you know but there may have not have been a third person. Yeah. That's how it is. But um, with this match, there was a nice spot where Commander hit a double springboard, twisting splash. That's the best I can call it. Both teams are coming off his faces to the crowd. I think that was done on purpose, booking style, so that the fans could just enjoy themselves. Because like I said, from that perspective, it would just look like three faces beating up on two heels. No one would come out of that looking better. Myron Reed with an impressive cutter over the top rope and put Commander through a door, which looked absolutely wonderful. East-West hits double clout cutters on Gringo for the win. So our winner in this match was Myron Reed and the East-West Express. I, um, I'd i like to know who that third, you said it was Ares? Yeah, Ares. Boy, would that really have, uh, that really would have knocked up the excitement level a lot, dude. Yeah, and I'm still going like from Vegas, seeing Strange by Command, our Res and Commander as a tag team against East West Express. How fun that matchup oh, was! Yeah. Like that was crazy. And like I, I've been on the Res like <laughs> the last couple of shows and weeks or months, and I was disappointed in that. But I'm ex- I, I, I know Myron Reed right now is just. I'm so excited to have him in. He looked like right away that first interaction with Gringo. Boom, he belongs, man. He has a unique look, unique charisma. He's got, he was just like, I like how he's on Gringo's shoulder, just chomping his gum. Like, yeah, I'm about to roll you over here and do a Hurricane Rana, but I'm not sweating it because I know, like, I'm so good at this shit. I've, I'm just so, I'm marking out for Myron Reed. Like, Myron Reed was my MVP <laughs> this weekend, and he was, like, really the one I was most excited to see um, throughout both shows, and he delivered for me. He delivered this match. I do think he was, I don't want to say the third was we kind of said, but, like, I, he did seem like there was, he had a lot more to offer than what we saw in this. Oh match yeah, because well, you, of thought, the you saw like you saw a tag team versus a tag team, and then you saw Myron sometimes standing back watching them. That's what made me feel that extra thing, and I felt so bad for him because it was just a, an odd position for him. So. Yeah, no, no, you're good. I was going to interrupt you. You keep going if you're your turn. Your turn to interrupt <laughs> me. No, that was it. That was it. No, and I did like how they, him and Jordan got to do some of uh, some tag team combinations as well. And maybe I know uh, that's kind of the next question we're going to talk about uh, that you have up there. But oh, you saw my conspiracy. Oh yeah, question. that's why I said that this this one could go long. Like I have a lot on this one just because I'm I'm a big Myron Reed fan, and I I wonder they could mm-hmm. have him as the third quote unquote wheel right now with Injustice Express. And then maybe you have them kind of not fight over Jordan, but they kind of being like, hey, why are you hanging, like doing some tagging, doing those tag moves with Myron? I thought we were the tag team and kind of put Jordan in the middle where now I don't want to break up the the tag team as of yet. I I absolutely want to break up the East West Express when it comes time, if 
Nick Wayne does kind of leave GCW for a while because I think he could do a lot of fun matches between even these three, but just him and Jordan kind of doing some storytelling with Jordan being the double champ and Nick Wayne now being a, a tag team champion as well. I wonder if like maybe Myron Reed kind of how he how he fits into this. That's your kind of question is uh, I'll let you ask the question, but like I don't I don't okay. know yeah okay I I don't want to step on your toes here for this one, but. No, no, no. You're not doing any of that. We're just we're just kind of figuring this one out. So my question was, is Myron Reed moving into Nick Wayne's position? Then my second question was, is the East West Express exclusively only two men? I like the East so, West Mid East Mid West Express or something like that, because Myron Reed mostly does wrestle like in uh, the Midwest area. The Midwest, mostly. Yeah. Um, Maybe they can call him coast to coast or some shit. That would be cool. I actually like that name. Yeah, and then like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, here's my first opinion on that. My first thought actually when I when I saw Myron Reed just introduced in this tag team, I -hmm. immediately thought the same thing. They're starting to prepare for Nick Wayne to go out. Uh, They could move Jordan to singles. Obviously, still he's a singles champion, so he doesn't need to be in a tag team. But if you are liking Jordan with the tag team. What better person to bring in a former tag team partner? And I think they were MLW champions, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in their run in MLW. That's a quick insert fix, and you can act like nothing's ever ever changed. Nick Wayne's gone, but boom, Myron Reed's a perfect plug-in if he is there to replace Nick Wayne. But as you said, is there a two-man group now? I'm wondering if they do like a trio's little stuff for a little bit and then maybe start building Myron up for a JCW title. A turn's going to happen here. Nick get jealous and turn heel. I doubt that's going to happen, but I would like to see a little uh, a heel Nick before he does go away. And like, we're still jumping to conclusions. Like we're not going to see him again. Yeah. I would like to kind of see if he's is gone, if he's not going to be gone from GCW, keep him the way he is and let that play out naturally. However, it does play out. But if we do know a certain time and an exact date that Nick is gone, I would like to kind of see them lean, start breaking this apart and, seeing how it's going to uh, happen if they're going to just implode and have a story between Jordan versus Nick. Is it just going to be a peaceful breakup? Is it goodbye for now, but not for forever kind of thing? Is Myron Reed going to insert himself into this? I don't know. And I think it would be kind of cool, as I said, with Saja getting the win over Tony, it would have been a nice kickstart and get a momentum behind her living in the States and in her kind of territory in the Midwest. I think it would be cool if Myron Reed kind of gets inserted and right away you have a feud. You have a lot of different feuds you could do with him and Jordan, him and Nick, and him teaming with Jordan. I think you could throw him right into a storyline and make him feel more important to fans that might not be comfortable or know a lot about him. And right away, he's got a story. He's got a reason to be here. And he's going to kind of be a, not a focal point, but one of the focal points throughout these shows that could get the fans invested more behind them than just throwing them in scrambles, throwing them in a trio, throwing them there. I think it would be a cool way to just right away, kind of like a rookie getting a, uh, a storyline and boom, a reason for the fans to cheer, boo them. And now you can build off of that momentum from the first feud or first story that they're in instead of just throwing them in random matches. That's just my opinion. My okay. <laughs> okay. So let me give you the other side just for fun. This is the happy side. You ready? Oh, here's how I do it. Let's just assume just for fun. We're going to use Myron Reed for right now, but I would kind of book it like this. I would have them bring in a third member that would soften the blow of Nick Wayne leaving. It's going to happen. It's bound to happen. 
I would have them run matches up until Nick leaves. And then I would have a very sad send off where, you know, they're talking and whatnot. And he's like, look, just, just keep the seat warm for me. Just keep everything exactly how it is. I'll see you all again soon. I love you all. Can't wait to see what you have, whatnot, blah, blah, blah. I'll be waiting for you. I hope you're waiting for me. I'd write it. Tear up, cry, boo-hoo. And then he would go off looking like a fucking hero so that when he comes back, it's waterfall. And then he turns on Jordan. But then he fucking <laughs> I don't know. I don't, no. I, that's what turned everybody. Fucking super kick. No, that, you see what I'm saying? I'm giving it the yeah. vanilla, the vanilla boo-hoo, girls love it kind of stuff that makes people remember because then when he comes back if it's a surprise they could always pull out that clip of hey da 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 he could come right back in three years from now fuck over reed east west together again and there's all kinds of fun shit that, that's what i'm saying there's so many fun things with myron reed if they want to do something with this trio of and east that's west just one person America. yeah like yeah, but we he, could use someone else it could just, be broke finley it could be a billy starks in there it could be who knows but i think for me it would make way more sense because myron reed was a former tag partner with jordan jordan has now a history with oh really Baltimore. yeah they were in mlw injustice that's but, why you called them injustice okay. express yeah because i that, thought you just made that shit up I'm oh like, no 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 good dude that's where i first learned of myron reed was going back <laughs> and watching jordan stuff in mlw and i was like oh who's this guy like myron's awesome like I like Dude, it. I, I, I almost really like him. But no, I like, I thought I was like, damn, that's some genius shit. Just coming up with that real quick. No, no, no. They were they were known as an injustice. And um, I like I said, I believe they were tag team title holders in uh, MLW. But Myron Reed's been wrestling there for a while. I, I just think he fit right in like a G like Brian Keith. One match and yeah, he belongs. Iri, yeah, Iri, yeah. whatever. Uh, sh- sh- uh, Shigehiro Iri. Shiggy. Yeah, Shiggy. Shiggy, Shiggy Iri. No. Shigehiro yeah. Iri uh, or Iri, um, I, right away looked like he belongs in GCW. Right, like I just that one back and forth with Gringo and Myron. I was like, very excited what Myron Reed could do with all these fun matchups with the GCW regulars and with all the cool names that they bring in from these other promotions of all the fun stuff that Myron could do. And like this was just a very small taste. Um, the next night against Blake Christian, we get a little bit more of a taste and. I just think there's a lot of fun stuff they could do with Myron. And I think if you are going to use Brian Keith, if you are going to use Myron Reed a little bit more, I think just kind of quickly do a quick little story. It could be like a month long, two, three shows, boom, give the fans a reason to boo or cheer them more and get them inserted in a story, especially Myron Reed, like that there's just built in stories for him with this GCW roster with, uh, with Brian Keith. There's a built in story with a bounty hunter. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Mason hires Brian Keith to do something to whatever next opponent. Yes. That's, thank you. Yes. Thank like, you. I just think there's some, like those two are just like s- specific ones. Cause I think they got such cool characters. They're so great in the ring, but they like, Myron doesn't really have like a character, but since he has a history with Jordan, Jordan's got this or Nick, they could do a lot of fun stuff there. Brian Keith, the bounty hunter, you could do a lot of awesome things with him being a bounty hunter for this person, being a bounty hunter for this person building friendships, ruining friendships. I think his character to lends a lot to make it easy to get the fans involved however way you want them to be involved with this character. And Myron Reed's another one I think they could do a lot of fun stuff with as well. Yeah, I think I think um I think we would have replaced Billy Dixon with Keith and then let Keith go out and literally take out people one yeah. by one by one would have been fantastic. Like um, the lights go out, you see 
You hear like a primal scream from Alley Cat. <laughs> then the lights come on and you see Brian Keech is standing over her like and then like puts his hat on her and then walks away like boom, bounty completed. Next show, Effie. <laughs> Next show, Effie. Same thing. Boom. Bounty complete. Like I would. I, I and don't then know. and then money and then they throw money in the air out of their body. <laughs> but then they're like, who is <laughs> like, this? Like who is this guy? And if you don't know independent wrestling, you won't know who it is. But you'd be like, whoa, who is this person? They just laid out one of our favorites that we see all the time. I don't yeah, see this person. Yeah. And if, for the fans that know Brian Keith, that's an awesome like debut or show up. But boom, like Chris Jericho shows up and. Wait a minute. I know that guy. We've seen him everywhere else. That's so awesome. Jericho's in WWE. So awesome. Uh, Brian Keese in uh, GCW now and doing the same sh- cool bounty hunter show. Like, I just think there's those two characters specifically could, they could do a lot of fun stuff with. And they just started. So I'm going to give them time. I'm not going to shit on it. But I, those are a lot of things I would like to kind of see similar in the future. What I'd like to do with Brian Keith is I would like to have the lights completely out in the building. I would shine a light through the curtain towards the fans and then he comes out from the curtain through the light yeah you know like like, like it's a dark bar and someone comes from outside into the dark bar and it's the bounty hunter kind of like what they did with bray wyatt like they had like the luke harper door went or sorry the brody yeah. Lee door and then like you could he, do the swinging doors <laughs> <laughs> swinging doors with brian that'd be cool but yeah, so it's kind of funny we derived all that from this match <laughs> right but I, it was I, worth I, asking I that's why I said like I got a lot to talk about on that one just because I I'm a giant fan of Myron Reed and obviously Jordan and Nick and and, and I always say this like because I I don't know if Nick's going to wrestle GCW still we just know that we got an AEW debut date and what we've kind of seen in the past with uh, GCW and AEW working kind of cross promotional I don't know like I hope they kind of solved whatever they need to solve and we can still see. Nick and GCW and not go away for a while. GCW, make it a GCW show. GCW versus ROH battle for Hammerstein. Hammerstein. Yep. Please I am book all it. Uh, and that's like it. I mean you got GCW wrestlers already there. You got Blake Christian, you got Tony Deppin. Uh you got Commander. Not saying that Anytime. he's a GCW, but you know what I'm saying. Like they could do some stuff there. I think it would be awesome. Like a kind of a maybe Deppin does a uh fuck or, over GCW thing. A little heel stuff there because he's our age. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's possible. It's all possible. Yeah, that's all possible. That would be a fun. Maybe that's what we should do. Fantasy book our Ring of Honor versus GCW Battle of Hammers. Holy shit, that's an idea. <laughs> there we go. We'll freshen it oh up. Oh my here. gosh. <laughs> now, um, yeah, we're gonna have to look back at that idea though because if we get a chance, I'd like to do another one of those shows. Those were fun, and then I don't know. We'd have to like. Just hurry up and book and and record the next night or something and I, do the. Anyway, yeah. Now I'm like in love with the idea of doing <laughs> another fantasy one again. That was really fun. I don't want to lose my roster, but I know I have to. I would like to see this match though ran back with Arez. Like I think Arez could have done a lot of fun stuff with Myron Reed as well. Like Strange by Command, I just love that. Like you get Arez and Commander as a team, and then you throw in Gringo Loco. Uh, yeah, I do want to see this Solid. match ran back. Yeah. And I'm just so glad to see Ryan Reed and he killed it and uh, can't wait to see hopefully uh, what his future holds with GCW. And I'm just glad to see him just in general more on the independent scene as well. That will lead us into our main event of the evening as we finally get the fuckery we've been kind of craving for. As it is a tag team match between the Rejects, John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley going against Los Macisos, Ciclope and Medio Extremo. And yes, this was... This was a good way to end the night. 
get the violence. It's been a while since we've seen violence in GCW because of the collective and the venue. Um, and with Pops, I think they waited till this last match to kind of go crazy with it all. And if this was a fun death match, this was, I, I didn't have too much notes with this one, but I did enjoy seeing these two teams go at it. And it's been a while since we've seen Reed Bentley, uh, in GCW ring. It's nice to see him back in team with John America. I feel like we, it's been a few minutes or not a few minutes, a few shows since we've seen John Wayne Murdoch as well. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. There's been 10 shows just in one weekend alone. Um, but I, anytime I get to see John Wayne Murdoch, one of the best death match wrestlers in the world going against, I really love Los Vecisos and their death matches. I was all in for this match and the fuckery made me very happy. in this. So, what I noticed was before this match, there were a lot of weapons being placed in the ring, a lot of light tubes, a lot of doors. I was also noticing that it looks like the refs are pulling double duty because I saw them also as ring crew that night. Um, you're never too big to help out as ring crew. Well, there it was. The match starts and everyone has tubes in their hands. The craziness then begins. There was a lot of action. We have the I can't feel my face split screen which I thought was funny that they actually changed up the name for it. Ciclope and Murdoch fighting in the dark areas of the arena. Miedo and Murdoch was bleeding first. Miedo bites Murdoch's nipple, which looked absolutely terrifying. Finally, I hear GCW chants. I'm not going to lie. I feel like this was one of the first times I'd heard the GCW chants since the beginning of the show. This was a big brawl with a lot of punches, a ton of glass. Around the nine-minute mark, all four men are completely dead laying on the ring mat. I'll basically go to, um, let's see here. There was a spot with the nice doomsday from Los Macisos on Murdoch. There was another one where Ciclope had a huge fall from the top rope onto a door bridge. But in the end here, the rejects ended up pulling off the win. They set up Miedo on Reed's shoulders, and Murdoch got on the top rope and delivered a destroyer through a door for the win. It's a fantastic finish if you ever want to watch it because the move just looks nasty. And I'm kind of hope, hoping that one stays around. It reminds me of the old Legion of Doom. Yeah, anyway. It's the old where they get him up on his shoulders and then you know, down with him. Kind of reminds me of that, but a destroyer. And that's so 2023 wrestling right there. And I, I'm all for that. Yeah, right? I like that little wrinkle to that move. No, I, I love it. And every time it does, I, uh, it, it gets... Sometimes I'm wondering, like, man, they're going to land on. It's like the next night he lands on like Jordan, and Jordan's. They seem like his head like strictly hit the ground uh, during their match the next night. But I, I, I love that move, the top rope. Uh, oh my god, what's he called again? Not Doomsday Destroyer. Um, uh, the Deep South uh, Destroyer. The Deep South yeah. Driver. Yeah, Deep, Deep South, South Driver. Destroyer. Yeah, I, I like it. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was fun. This was a great way to end the night. Like I said, it's been a few sh- obviously been a while since we've seen kind of death match in gc i, I don't want to say while like i feel like collective was so long ago because there's 10 shows like i feel like there's 10 right, been 10 right, events right. like weekly going on in between but on a few actual shows it's been a while since we've seen death matches and i'm glad that it was these four that did it and murdoch messed up his hand pretty good here too i forgot where he cut it pretty good but he was leaking blood out of his hand real yeah you can tell at the end of the match he was yeah. close to him too yep and that's why i was kind of worried going Shit. into the next night the tag team title match against the East-West Express. I was like, oh, once again, like it feels like whoever's going to wrestle East-West Express hurts themselves or does something bad where it's going to affect the title match the next night. And mm. yeah, this was fun. I enjoyed it. It was all the death match spots. I 
But CISOs, man, I I still can't believe they're still going. Like <laughs> I, I honestly thought they were taking a break after the the they lost the titles, but no, that, there's no break in Los Macisos future. And we even get a third Macisos here uh, in a couple weeks. Actually, it might even be this. Oh, week. really? I don't know. Yeah, there's like I I didn't know, and I, I I don't I didn't fully read this. I saw it at work, and before we did the podcast, there's a uh, I Brett tweeted out something third Macis third Macisos and. Seems like they're they. I don't know if it's their brother or not, but looks like they're adding a tag partner here. Um, no kidding. I'm trying to find Triple's the name real time, fast. Huh? I'm trying to find the name. Oh my god, it was so short. Uh, was it Crazy King? I think it was. Hold on. Interesting. Yeah, I, there's a third third one coming in. Um, yeah, we need Ares, Commander, and Gringo. That's the team we need. Yeah, Strange by Command. <laughs> And Strange and local by command. Interesting. Yeah, is it the same site you found about? Uh, Gage's teeth? No, but I did <laughs> like, see it. A, I did see an Instagram post, and that Nick Nick Gage's teeth is like that. I it, it, good for it, him. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you that one if I can. On hey, that on that dental shit's a pain in the ass, especially when you'd been on drugs and stuff. I'm guaranteeing that his his pain tolerance level was probably through the roof. For them to get him to do his teeth must have been not easy. Sorry. Um, for me on my end. I felt it was really a satisfying main event, especially for deathmatch fans. I was really happy to see it. It was kind of what I was looking forward to. Also, thanks, Pops. I love the venue. Next time, fans, bring your friends. I want to see that venue filled up completely next time, all the way to the top. I want people hanging off the rafters. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention here, I don't know if you noticed it or not, there were eight tag teams featured on this show tonight. No, I didn't matches, realize it until thinking about it eight now. Eight yeah. tag teams. So... <laughs> Just kind of letting you know that I found that really interesting because AEW, wow, I said AEW, GCW is really rich in tag teams right now. Yeah, I I, I hope love that their leads tag to team. something. And it's kind of like it feels refreshing after seeing, as we said, SGC versus Bus uh, Bussy Thrussy, um, seeing Los Mas like Los Masisos and the Mega Bats. So like it feels like all those teams from the Art of War games, like they did right before the Art of War games, bunch of matches together, kind of was a great blow off of that match but then i did not want to see those teams interact with each other after that for a while because it just seemed like it was too much and we're i'm loving the variations of these tag teams the bang bros uh the rejects even coming back um but i um oh my god what's the team name i forgetting who are you thinking of talk to I, me i can't give me a description all. tell me what it looked like when it came in the door um oh my god <laughs> It's okay. Yeah, I can't it's okay. remember it. It's okay. Uh, but, you need to drink. You need to drink. If you had a couple, you know, like <laughs> drink will help me remember. You'd be exactly. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that's right. I you did find the tweet it. though, uh, for Brett. So Brett, okay. they, they did announce it. I was right at least on this one. Crazy King uh comes to the US for the first time and makes his GCW GCW debut on May twentieth in Detroit. Um and is then Brett from his own personal account on Twitter said the third member of the Macisos, seven years in the making. So that I, I'm assuming I don't know Is if they're seven years old. No, right. no, no. I'm assuming that's their brother, oh but God. I don't know. But and... Mieto's kid. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see it. So that's little that'd be kind of cool, bro. though. If we get a lil with a little little Carlos. Was that wrestling? Yeah, he does like Lita with the Hardy Boys, where he only comes out, does a Hurricane Rana, and fucking leaves. What was that wrestling alley fight? Little Cholo, Little Cholo wrestling B Boy. Cholo. Yeah, that, that was a fun tag team. Dude, I was so pissed that weekend we didn't see Micro Man. 
You don't know who that is. Yeah, dude. Yeah, from. Okay, yeah. I, literally, yeah. the only reason I know him. Oh my god! If I'm thinking of the same one, I could be a uh, mistaken. Is the, the small, the smaller guy? He's like maybe yeah. this big. I think I've seen him in MLW. Yeah. Like that's why I'm think. That's why I, yeah, I don't know yeah. why I'm going. Okay, AAA and MLW. I yeah, MLW is the one where I've really seen him in. Um, yeah. there's an opportunity for kids right there. That's super money right there in Micro Man. Also, there's super money in Billy Starks. You're laughing at me, but I'm telling you right now, that's a lovable character, is it not? Yeah. Think about I mean, it. Hornswoggle not love Micro Man. Hornswoggle. Well, Hornswoggle just drinks too fucking much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Dylan Postal. Yeah. yeah, not really over. Hornswoggle was over. Yeah, I like Hornswoggle. When we went to a, a WWE show like a long time ago. Um, he was out signing autographs and he was really nice to Owen. So nice. I ended up becoming a fan of him just because that, but yeah, I guess he's, his drinking is considered epic. He doesn't, he doesn't handle it too well. You ever seen the picture at the wedding? I've seen, like, down the steps? I've seen video. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you've seen moving pictures. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, man. It was nice to see the rejects back. Yeah. I thought this was That's a great way and great. Give the end of the night with violence. Um, Rejects picking up the victory, which I was kind of assuming, uh, having their title match the next night. There's no sense of having them lose the night before. Um, and seeing Masisos uh, go into the death match, uh, this was fun. I I don't know. The, leading into the next night, I was actually kind of a little worried uh, with the East West Express if they would even get one title defense or not, <laughs> just with the rejects yeah. kind of being back and um, the possible craziness that could have happened in their match. Um, I thought this was a great way though set up for the next night, and I think that's why I, I could have gone back to the, having Blake take out Byron Reed to set up for the next story the next night as well. But as you said, he was announced for this card. It would be kind of shitty, like if they didn't, if the fans didn't get him because of whatever reason. And like, so you'd be missing out on Myron and Arez. So I get why you got to keep at least one of them in there. But I think it would have been a cool way to have a little story, a couple different stories heading into the next show's night. I feel like I'm missing a JCW title defense. I feel like we haven't had one in a while. I don't think, yeah. I feel like Jordan hasn't defended in a while and I'd like to see it. And that's why I was kind of like talking to my wife, like he's going to be doing like not double duty, but it's going to be kind of like, I'm very interested to know where they're going to focus on. If they're going to focus on the tag team. Like I was thinking maybe since there's two shows a week, one night he's a tag team defending the tag team belts. One night he's defending the JCW title. Like, I don't know. It's going to be interesting having a double champ because i'm trying to think of when last time do we have like a double champ lately in gcw like simultaneously i can't remember off the top of my head that's gonna be something i'll have to look up Uh, here but um, well you know cardona he's always a double champ uh, in his head he's got he's a worldwide champ in his own universe hey i love that motherfucker i actually hope he scrapes up every fucking belt out there not only for just historical purposes but also to keep him on the indie scene, he really is a good, even though he charged me 20 bucks to find <laughs> my fucking flag. I think he's a good guy and what he's doing can be a monumental thing. I would like to see GCW be another title that he drapes over his shoulders. And I like but how he's side of storyline. Yeah. Like, real motherfucker. Real person, I want to yeah. see him succeed. Yeah. And I, I enjoy how he's adapting like almost like on a quarterly year, which is pretty good to keep this character fresh, but Adding in Steph Delander, adding in this indie god version. Um, There's a huge upside on Steph Delander. That scares me. She is like, she's tough as fuck. She's strong as shit. Like, that is, she's not China. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she reminds me of a China type character. Like, 
if a man comes out there to fuck with Cardona, she can still stop him if she wants to. Yeah. That kind of that kind of borderline. She needs to run a women's division. Like either that or she needs to really actually legit just throw Masha around and, and show supremacy at some point. She's not title ready. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know. I agree. Her take Allie or some of these ladies and just throw them around because it looks like she's capable. Yeah, and she's been a girl, dude. They've been having fun vignettes on on Twitter and Instagram or whatever. Yeah, I love their videos. They've been doing like the workout videos, the Disneyland videos. I I enjoy all the stuff (laughs) they've been doing. The Walmart video, like Ken into Collective. I think they like they have a very funny back and forth going on, and I do want to see a lot more Cardona still in GCW. I think. I, I, I want to know where I've, I, you know what, even, I don't even feel like we've seen the beginning of the story with her yet. I still feel like we don't have the, we haven't seen the direction they're going yet. Yeah. I feel, I feel she has a really important place to be next to Cardona. And there's a reason why she's there. I, maybe not on looks, but everything else. She's a huge upgrade from Chelsea when it comes to strength and this and that and so on and so forth. So I don't know, man, it's almost like he's, like that is a piece where it's like he upgraded his brakes knowing that he's about to start racing. I don't know if there's a good way to put it, but <laughs> dude, as a, as a whole Cardona now is much more of a threat with her at, at his side. Yeah. I feel like that. Yeah. I just can't, I, I think there's a lot more that will be done and can be done with, uh, Steph and Matt. And as you said, I think we haven't even scratched the surface yet. And sounds like there might be some more time he's able to because like that's why that's why i always worry now with nick and matt and all these other wrestlers that are getting kind of out there on the radar more is how much longer we'll be able to see and then how much of the cool fun stuff that we think they could do are they going to have the time to do it on gcw programming or whatever um just in general in the independent wrestling scene well we have some memorable moments don't we yes we do i feel like we're remembering I might remember a little bit. <laughs> anyway. All right, man. Do you want me to go first? No, no. It hasn't <laughs> even had a chance to kick yet. No, it hasn't even. I couldn't even imagine sitting here and talking. That's what Actually, it probably make me. Was. I was going to say, um, it'd probably make me talk normally. <laughs> no. All right. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and roll off my memorable moments here. I have Nick Gage giving that unique speech because of the storm. I thought that was only going to happen there because of the circumstances. So um, if you ever wonder how Nick Gage would handle tornado, that's how he handles it. The Mercer Tankman potential. I say it's not ready yet. I stand by that. I think there's a lot more to them and they could do a lot more. Just give them a little time to do something together. They just need to spend a little time. It could be special. Uh, My boy Shiggy, Shiggy and Brian Keith appearing on the show. I want to see more of both. I know what Brian Keith is capable of. Shiggy, I just want to know how much further he can go, but he looks like he'd just be a fucking blast. I'm really looking forward to that. KLD, Kevin Lee Davidson. I'm a little more interested into what he can do. Uh, Gage was on his ass about a couple fundamentals, so that always makes me wonder and worry just a little bit. But again, it's a big guy, so I my soft spot was pushed immediately. The Gringo Commander versus East-West match. Again, I, I circumstances just weren't the way they needed to be, so I tried to enjoy it for what it was. And then finally, at the main event here, just seeing Los Macisos and then the reuniting of the Rejects for the GCW show was kind of nice to watch. So that, for me, was my memorable moment. Yeah, I kind of have a lot of similar ones. The Haas fight, Shane, and Mer- uh, Shane Mercer and Tankman, 
uh, was mm-hmm. fun, enjoyable. I would like to see, as you said, uh, them run that back and given, hopefully, uh, time to do all the fun spots that were just kind of teased during this match. Um, seeing it, teased. <laughs> I mean, like attempted. I, guess. I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word too. Uh, um, <laughs> seeing Iri, uh made me laugh. Seeing your boy Shiggy and uh, Shiggy, Shiggy Hero, Iri E, uh, and Brian Keith in GCW and uh, against each other was awesome. That was like a kind of little mini dream match that I don't think you'll see anywhere else right now. Um, but I hope Brian Keith and Iri E uh, stick with GCW for the foreseeable future. Um, Masha getting a nice clean victory over Cole Radrick and using the grave stomp right in front of uh, Blake Christian and Blake Christian teasing now that he's going to be able to cash in whenever he wants to uh, challenge for the GCW title. I think that's going to be fun watching over these next couple shows whenever he until he does cash it in. Byron Reed finally uh, showing up in GCW with the East West Express was awesome. Gringo want to see gringo commander and arez go against those three have that match fully on um that we were promised not promised but was promoted for to uh this show and the rejects against los Macisos delivering on a fun death match with the rejects getting momentum going into their title match the next night at uh red means green against the east west express um and where was that north carolina right i had it up here evansville indiana sorry from the Coliseum. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Am I? No, not, I must say, wait, am I, I'm off of geography. That was one, that was one F close. I took in. Uh, it was in between school. two oceans. You were close. Yes. I went. Oh, never mind. Yeah. I don't want to say that name. I went instead of coast to coast. I went from uh, California to Texas on that one. Well, hey, Gulf, <laughs> Gulf of Mexico coast. But good show. We had a, a good follow up. And I think it was fun. I, that's why I kind of realized during these shows in the. The Midwest is it's a little bit more storytelling driven than the craziness, the death matches, the lucha stuff. It feels like they try to tell fun, like not fun stories, but tell stories during their, uh, their matchups. And we kind of see that too at Evansville um, on the next night. There's a lot more storytelling that's being done than focused on because as we kind of talk about, they kind of enjoy the, the old school wrestling in that kind of in that territory, that area. That's why we see a lot of these older names come back as we see the next night uh, Billy Rock come back um, and wrestle. I think it's a lot of nostalgia and old school feelings in the Midwest. And I think that's what GCW is really good at, given whatever territory and place that they're going to, given the fans what they kind of enjoy and what they uh, what kind of style of wrestling they enjoy and playing to the fans and making sure the fans are happy. And I think that's what I saw with this card and Definitely for the Evansville matchup uh, card as well. Their matchups. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think yeah, I think we did it. We have done yeah. it. I can't yeah. feel my face. I can't feel my fucking. That'd have been asshole. perfect if we were off on four twenty. We can't feel our face. <laughs> can't feel my face. Oh my gosh. All yeah, right. So, what do you say? I say yes, we did it, and we will. Are I- we recording? Are we recording tomorrow also? I will let you know. I don't know yet for sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Figure out here what's going on and uh, we'll figure Sweet. it out. But our next show that we are covering is uh, Red Means Green from the Evansville Coliseum in Evansville, Indiana. And we'll see if we record tomorrow night or the next day. We'll see. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. My schedule has got thrown off of uh, whack this week because of certain things. But we are pretty much on schedule. We're trying to stay as current as possible. 
Uh, if you're listening to this, it probably is after the GCW uh, Friday night show, the the Into the Light um, on the 21st. I will probably be editing it during watching the show. But uh, Into the Light this weekend in Florida and Georgia looks a lot of fun cards, a lot of interesting matchups. I am looking forward to this weekend um, as well. That's going to be a fun weekend to talk about. But we'll save that for the the future episodes. Yeah. yeah. And we will send them out with a proper. Oh, shit. Here we go. All right. With a proper, proper. pop. When are we Sajay. ever proper? Never. What did you say, Target? Sa- Is that like fancy Target? Pops Sage style. Pops Sage. Ooh, listen to you. That made me hungry. <laughs> Sausage. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. And like Pop Tarts. <laughs> Fucking see, I'm telling you, that's my fat ass fucking talking oh, in my that's brain. The four twenty kicking. That's the four twenty <laughs> talking. Baby. Yeah. Um. Let's let's see if we can. Oh, you know what I will say. So anybody who's hanging in this long, thanks for listening. Yes. You know, just genuine thanks. Obviously, we're trying to get GCW to say hi more often to us and whatnot, and we're putting in some quality work, and we're hearing from everyone, but like one or two people, and everyone else is stupid happy. So. Everyone gets busy. We're hoping to get down there and maybe Ooh. just be uh, become a bigger part of GCW. That's what I was about to say. If you want to want to help us out, not help us out here, but if you want to catch us a little bit more often, suggest us for the GCW Patreon, and we'll start putting out some uh, podcasts on their con- or some content on their podcast on Patreon. If someone actually was like, "Hey, would you guys do it?" I would be in. When and where? <laughs> I mean, just to just to, just just to yeah. help out. That's kind of what we do here is is helping out. And we wouldn't like whatever we do, it would not everything would not be behind a payroll. That's one thing I will not like. We, if if anything were to happen, we would put some stuff on there. But I would still we would still make sure we would uh, do uh, our normal. We have done everything by love. Yes, and we will absolutely Literally, still make sure that everything. that is out there, and we will cover everything as we normally do. But but I I'm can be I can be like given a shirt or something. That's like, 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 wait for know, my like, shirt here. If someone just says hello and hi, I just want a shirt and a sure. postcard. That's not much I asked for a month for seventy five right. dollars. Right, and right, right. Occasional podcast with some history. We will, but yeah, I mean that's something I would love to throw my hat in the ring for because I think we would have a good time doing something over there with them. So yeah, feel free to mention the old GCW Plant <laughs> podcast. We're we're unofficial for now. We uh, would love to be official down the road. As you said, you any know, way we can help out, that's what, obviously what we're doing. Please. This, this podcast yeah. to help out the talent, help spread the word of GCW and all the amazingness uh, and wrestling that they have provided us. We just want more fans to be aware and enjoy the product with us because it's been fun. It's fun shows and fun to cover, and it's fun to enjoy it with other people and talk about it. Obviously, I get to talk about it with you and hear other fans talk about it with each other. It's always uh, fun seeing that camaraderie with the GCW yeah. community. GCW, we are at your service. <laughs> All right. Let's send yeah. them out with uh, our professional way. Let's send them our message here. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Ready? Long. Long. Dad. Live. Block. Oh, live. Yes. Okay, yeah. G. G. C. W. It's funnier when you say it like that, because it sounds like you're really having a hard time getting it out, like you're snow. It's the 420 kicking. Yeah, happy 420, everyone, for those of you who are out there enjoying themselves. Have a great night out there, kids, and good night uh, in children land. Fuck it. Good night.